it all. The determination to be the best. The desire to raise the gold. The will to triumph. Some wish it would happen, but a true champion makes it happen. WWF Fully Loaded, presented live by Twix, Sunday, July 23rd, exclusively on Pay-Per-View. Hello everyone, welcome back. It is the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review, Pay-Per-View Edition. This time, Fully Loaded 2000. Mm-hmm. And a man who's he's already started drinking, he's not quite loaded yet, but no. he is Paul Brown, he's joining me, Scott McLeod. I should have introduced myself before I introduced my co-host, but fuck it. Fuck it. You're going rogue today. Yes. We're on rogue opinions, yeah. fuck it. Let's fuck actually... it, let's go rogue. Aye. So As it you, says on the fucking tin. I am pretty damn good, Scott. I'm good today. Um, I was out with my mother on the Tuesday, uh-huh. and we went to our little bric-a-bracky thing. That we like to go to, and I got some things. I got some cool glasses to add to my drinks cabinet collection. Mm-hmm. I got a little drinking glass, which looks kind of cool. It has a little B on the side of it, uh-huh. and I thought, well, that looks close enough to the Wyatt logo, so I'm going to take <laughs> that little glass. It looks cool. I know it's a death head moth that he mm-hmm. has. This is an upside down death head moth that he has for his logo, but you know what? Fuck it. Little gold B. I needed more tumblers. I do get, yeah, and uh, I watched uh, last week's Raw. Uh huh. I mean, on the Monday it was very awesome. I enjoyed it. A time recording that might feel a bit dated because I've still not sent Nathan the left, the people go home SmackDown. So ah. maybe wait in a week, but but no, it was very good to but, see that. And you know, depending on what week this is, there could have been a recently good episode of Raw, so it might be in well, date. Gen- generally, I'm going on the theory. Yeah. But well. Regardless of when we record us, we usually record yeah. post-Raw. Raw is usually, usually. Usually. And since the good man Triple H has took over, it uh-huh. has been sort of mostly pretty damn decent. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of little things here and there. But fuck it, it's been good. It's been yeah. a lot better since the, since the takeover from this regime, since the previous regime, you know. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but yeah, and... I got some nice new pictures for my haul. Ah. Watercolours that I saw. Mm. I thought, well, they look nice. Where'd you get them? I got them from a little bricky backy place. Ah. Yeah. It was uh, watercolours of Clyde Bank and such. Mm. You know, like old style, like what, like the, the canal and the yeah, trams yeah, and shit. Yeah. I thought, well, they look nice in my haul. So I got some. Yes. See, he's not old smoking, drinking and shouting all the time. He likes pictures also. He's a very complex person. I am. I, li- I like watercolours and, mm. you know, books. And <laughs> books. Things. Not Kindles, because they are spawn of the devil. <laughs> but a proper mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No Kindles. No electronics. Gah! On electronic books. <laughs> Pox on ye electronic book. He sounded like Sideshow Bob at the end there when he's talking about bloody... How much he just likes television at the end. Yes. <laughs> and in that sense, I realise, like Saito Bob, it is weird that I am criticising modern technology whilst doing a podcast with modern technology, but do you know what? Fuck it. Books are best. It's the same man who, when he got his new phone with many of the same applications that many of us are probably used to, so by now, he, he could help but show off, like, look, my phone could do this and this, and I've got all these things. Yes, because it, 
despite what most people is just second nature. Most people, it's like it's like it's a sleeping caveman waking uh-huh. up. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, things. <laughs> I don't really know what most of these things do, but ooh, <laughs> fuck it, things and bright colors and things, cool. Yeah, but books great. <laughs> Electronic books not great, not so great at all. No. Evil, in fact. Anyway, what do you stand on the audio book? I appreciate the audio book. Mm. I appreciate the audio book. I know it is not a paper book, mm. but I appreciate the audio book because sometimes if you're, you know, travelling long distance on a bus or a train or some such, or you're looking for some way to fall asleep at night, audio book can be a great thing. I heard Stephen Fry's created a lot of his weight loss. I heard this from Nathan of Rugopin. He's created a lot of his weight loss to audiobooks that he'd listen to an audiobook, go on a walk and get so engrossed in the story, he'd forget how long he'd been out walking. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I listen to a lot of these, um, you know, like a uh, true story or historic mm-hmm. podcast and things like that. Like, yeah. um, oh, God, I can't mind the name. It's a BBC Four one. All right. I listen to. But that's really good. And I listen to a lot of these, like, uh, I listen to this podcast called Sleepy. Mm-hmm. And it's a guy basically just reads books in a very monotone. Uh-huh. You know what the voice of the guy? Have you ever seen Reservoir Dogs? I have not, but it's one of those many. It's one of many films I've been meaning to watch. But yeah, well, the, the guy came to talk. He's like, you know, and this happens in the book, and he has this very, you know, God, that guy's going to put me to sleep tone. Yeah, like, and he usually reads quite interesting books, like you know, like uh you know, like Shakespeare or yeah epic tomes and things mm-hmm. like that and usually by the time you get through the first chapter you're snoring anyway you know what I mean because <laughs> like it's a long book and his voice is he speaks that way for a purpose you know I uh, I don't read Kindles either but not for the same reasons as you I'm primarily a thing of like when I want to read an actual book it's mainly because I want one thing where I don't have to look at a screen yeah. day to day life I either I'm watching television or I have to be editing on the computer or working I work on a computer yes at the end of the week Scott's like oh my god screens screens why is there so many screens and I wonder why I have so many headaches <laughs> it's because I'm staring at screens all the, all day yeah you're, so, hurt, you're so, hurting your eyes and your brain mm-hmm. so I like to have a good bit like something I can put the screens down for a little bit and however long and read read the book also, what what pray tell Scott was the last book you remember reading and I'm currently, enjoying? I'm actually currently in the middle of a book right now. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of Bert Hart's autobiography right now. Nice. He's, I'm, what I'm a whining, I assume. Well, <laughs> he's only just started his, his thing with the Hart Foundation, so I think we've only tipped on the whining. But ah. if there, the people, some people he has whined on, like talking about how much of a cunt Bruce Hart can be, and then I read what Bruce Hart made, and I think I'm like, I've heard things about Bruce Hart. That sounds fairly accurate. This is. This occasion, Brett, I'm, in, I'm with you in that one. Bruce no, is a dick. He sounds like a cunt. Right, but I'm only at that point. I'm often, I find, like, I probably had started reading it when I'd gotten it, but then I took it with me on holiday when I was on holiday a month yeah. or so bit, and because I'd be walking all through the day because I was in Avonmore up the hills and with the dog and everything, I'd want to just do very little in the evening, so I got that, I mean, I got through, I think, a couple of chapters per night, at least the book, and I came back, I'd fired through yeah. the book, so, and then I went back home and I'm trying to keep that up, that's a good keep, thing. Yeah, the last like fictional book I ever read was probably Thomas Harris's uh, Red Dragon. That's a great story. That's that great. Good. And Thomas Harris, like the books are so much better. Mm. You know, I'm I'm currently, as I say, I'm currently in the middle of reading four books at the <laughs> minute. I'm reading at the same time. Well, you know, I'm kind of well, two of them are right there. I think I'm reading The Green Mile, which I'm 
part of the way through, I'm reading Jean Genet, Our Lady of the Flowers, and I'm currently reading The Lost Writings of Jim Morrison too, which is Jim Morrison's poetry, ah. which is kind of funky, you know. <laughs> and I'm also reading The Mist. Ah, is that just another Stephen King book? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm reading The Mist, Green Mile, Our Lady of the Flowers, and Jim Morrison poetry. You know, I, I, something that puts me off audiobooks is because I'm worried, because like, sometimes if I'm reading them, if I've been for a while and I'm getting a bit tired, then I do sometimes, my mind drifts off and then I have to, and I'm like, oh, I need to go back to the start of this paragraph and read, read that because I drifted off there and can, then I continue on reading. Mm. I, have a, I have a weird feeling that if I started listening to a book on audiobook, that I'd tune out and forget where I was and then have to go back and listen again. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts and every so often if I'm walking, I'm listening to podcasts, but then sometimes I'm thinking about something... <laughs> and then I'd to, to click rewind. Like, I don't want to do that with a book. I get you. So I like to just... What, what I like to do is I post a little, you know... Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. I'm sure there's probably people that have a similar enjoyment, but what my favourite thing is to do is I'm quite I'm quite fond of like, classical piano as mm-hmm. well. I'm quite fond of Chopin and whatnot. What I like to do if I'm really into a book is, you know, that little thing you do, I'll get, get comfy, cup of tea or some such... Because you, you don't need alcohol when you're reading a book. You don't need something that's going to dull your senses. Mm-hmm. You know, a nice, a nice book, nice cup of tea. Stick my headphones on, some Chopin, mm-hmm. and I am. That is me set for evening. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that is me good. I, I, I find myself. I read a lot more autobiographies. I've read, I've read a fair few wrestling like autobiographies and everything. Mm. I find myself. I get to them quicker than I get through a, a fictional book. I find like I've read. Three out of the four of Jericho's books, I've read Ray Mysterio's book, Brock yeah. Lesnar had a book, I see he had a book. He probably, he dictated his life and Paul Heyman wrote it down. Uh, That's pretty cool. Who, who else? Oh, I don't think that might be the only one. Yeah, you have your Mick Foley one. Oh, I've read Mick Foley's first one. Yeah. I might read his second one because I've heard the first two are the only two good ones. Yeah. From what I've heard. Well, and, you know, he lets... Well, he remembered things. Yeah, <laughs> like but then, <laughs> you know. And I want I've, one book I've been wanting to read for ages is uh, Roger Mugel brought a book in two thousand and five. I think it was called uh, "Walking the Golden Mile." Ooh, I mean everything. A one. Everything from that point, he pretty much is already starting to cover in some early stuff on his podcast. Yeah. I enjoy listening to his podcast, which is the way he goes off in stories. It's like listening. It's often two and a bit hours. Like it's like listening to an audio book in itself. The way Roger Mugel tells his stories. I've, wa- like, I've watched a little of his yeah. stuff on YouTube. I yeah. see. I I do see what you mean in that regard. Mm. I think he's an interesting dude. He's definitely an interesting guy. Yeah. You know, there are people out there, Paul, who remember fully loaded two thousand, have fond memories of it, and we're probably thinking, oh, I'd love to hear what these guys think about people that I really think fond of. And I was surprised to realise that ten, we spent 10 minutes talking about the virtues of regular books versus audiobooks versus Kindle books. And Chopin. And Chopin, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I will say that takes not one thing away from this pay-per-view. Yeah. I, um, I'll say right off the bat, I have been recently quite critical of this era. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because yeah. of the smackdowns we have done. I've been very critical of the constant, you know... Like run-ins and the stupidness and all the fucking Tristratus. <laughs> it's been a pain in the ass. But I must say, I give props to this pay-per-view. It was yeah. a solid pay-per-view. I've seen a lot in it that I really enjoyed. i seen one title change that actually surprised the fuck out of me because <laughs> I didn't know what happened. Yeah. You know? I think it ended up being the only title change of the evening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But And I was happy about that because yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, well... That person won something cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
I think I think you and because you said this was your first time watching. For me, I think it's only like the third or fourth time I've ever watched it. I I did the thing by the way. You mind when we were talking about like leading up to we were going to yeah. watch and review it. I actually checked my wrestling collection, mm-hmm. and you were quite right. I do not have this one, nor the one before it. I have the very first mm. one. I have the ninety-eight one with Triple H on the cover of the VHS, yeah. going ha-cha. I don't think I've actually watched the two, but from what I've heard of what the card consists of, and primarily through reviews of it, primarily the Attitude Era podcast, like listening to how kind of it did feel like the first two Philly Blues were kind of you know, here's this a wee show. We need to get through this to get to SummerSlam. Whereas, well, I think the reason this show is so well remembered is not only just for the talent, but I think it's because it's one of the, out of the three fully loaded, this will be the third and final fully loaded. Well, this is the first, only one they put this much effort into. The first one uh-huh. was actually the 23rd in your house. Well, yes, but I'm saying, like, it's under, we're talking about three shows that have fully yeah. loaded, I think. This I, I, think, I think what happened and the reason this one stands out is because when, when the WWF at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. now the WWE, um, at the time, when they were getting a new pay-per-view off the ground, it needed at least three, maybe four, to get it fully, you know, locked in and over. And it's just a shame that we did, you know, we did three of these, and then this would become Invasion, and then ultimately Vengeance. Yes. You know? And Vengeance would take the July spot from 02 all the way till, I think, actually, Vengeance, until 2007, because Vengeance then became Vengeance Night of Champions. I thought it was 08. It was... No, no, because then between Vengeance Night Champions, then Vengeance slash the Great American Bash, no, Night of Champions slash Great American Bash had this, and they got rid of the Bash, and then Night of Champions got moved to September, and then got renamed yeah. Clash of Champions. <laughs> it's the, the, the multiple fucking changes, chopping and changing of our mid-level pay-per-views. What's funny though is that it, it came, it was, I think it came down very far the wire. So it was our I rushed the invasion angle would to be because yeah that was we could we could do a whole we could do on on our own show yeah we could do a whole uh, we could do a whole retrospective on the invasion angle I think well I say we're gonna be covering it fucking when we get to it there in a yeah. year or oh, something but there's my kitty <laughs> there he goes but all I was gonna say is I think there is even an advertisement on King of the Ring today only a month before advertising our next pay per view fully loaded. So they were going to do Fully Loaded in 01 and then it got changed to yeah. Invasion. Why they never decided to go back to Fully Loaded and just do Vengeance, I don't I would, know. I would love to see, like... Because I know like, I missed out on a rare poster that would come out. It was a Judgment Day 2002 mm-hmm. poster. And it was a rare poster because it actually had WWF printing on it as opposed to WWE. Well, I think it's because, you know... WF World, they weren't, were never intending to lose that suit that they were involved in with the Worldly. Well, so yeah. if they had their way, they'd still probably still be the WWF today. Well, I'm sure. Well, the Triple H has worked wonders. I'm wondering <laughs> if he'll be able to work those wonders, you know. Make make the, make the E, the F again, and make the title belts, you know, look like title belts as opposed to children's toys. The only, the only challenge Triple H, the only opponent, he hasn't beaten yet. The Pandas. The fucking Pandas. <laughs> Fuck you, Panda. <laughs> Not, not. I'm not suggesting Triple H fights an actual panda like the like that scene in Semi Pro. Will Ferrell boxes with a bear. I've never seen no. Semi Pro. No, but like, it's definitely get people coming to the games. So at halftime, ah, I can't remember his name. Mink Jackie something goes. Will fight a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does fight a bear. So this this is fully loaded. I think again they do their best with the video package, comparing it to loaded dice and gambling and all that. Yeah, yeah. To, give it a reason why it's called Fully Loaded because I think well, the other I like, two don't I liked the, it. The other two don't really have a reason to be called Fully Loaded. Well, 
We do. Well, I just, I think the reasons that we could be called fully loaded, especially from the first one, are probably childish and uh-huh. sexual. <laughs> well, I mean, well, the, I mean, the first one's got Triple H and China doing the DX care poses on the... Only on the Triple H doing the, oh, yeah. on the cover of the video. Uh, yeah. this one I, had, I know, I looked at it. You know, and you always tell, like, how far in advance these are, because Bruce Prichter would always go into detail about how far in advance they had to do posters for shows. Mm-hmm. And how and how why that always can explain why someone isn't on the show even if they're on the poster, which is yeah. why Steve Austin is on the poster for this show. I'm just I'm just looking at your notes, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I thought that to be an interesting name for the arena, the reunion yeah, arena. arena. <laughs> yeah, yes. in Dallas, Texas. I don't suppose in your in your in your investigation you knew why it was the reunion arena. I don't have a clue. I mean, it probably was there. I was more interested in size of the venue, like, this show went down in Reunion Arena on the 23rd of July 2000, uh, in an arena which can hold between seventeen and 18,000, I think one of those numbers is for basketball, one of those for, like, concerts and things. Yeah, yeah. We, this arena had around 16,504 people, I'm assuming. So... A good, when they had a massive, like, triple screen to advertise the triple main event. Yeah, yeah, so, I've seen that. So I'm assuming that will take a bit of fair few from the side, but the people who weren't there... We're very loud. They had signs galore. Yeah, yeah I liked the sign I saw during the <laughs> during the main event match. It looked like uh, someone had like looked like a Superman. Yeah, a Superman logo, but it was rimmed with like spark. It looked like Bianca Belair's lips. <laughs> yeah, you know, all yeah, red yeah. and sparkly and shit. But it had a big rock logo as mm-hmm. opposed to the Superman logo. I thought that was cool as fuck. Uh, you know? Tying to the gambling thing, uh, the tagline this show is the crap shit. Great little gambling moniker Larry, yeah. Which if this show ended up being shit, which it isn't, but if it was, having that as a tagline would have taken on a whole new meaning. Yeah, yeah. oh my god, that was a crapshoot, man. The arena is sadly no longer around. It closed in the summer of 2008 before eventually being demolished in November of 2009. Have you noticed that with a lot of these pay-per-views that we review or react to? (laughs) A lot of arenas aren't there anymore, or they're renamed, or... Yeah, they're sort of renamed, but very rarely we get one that's actually been demolished. One, one venue of the show we haven't... Well, we've reviewed on our own show, but we'll get to it again on this, on this show, is the fact that the Astrodome, where it's mean, X7 took place, is no longer, is no longer is there. Is not? No, that got... Motherfucker, wow. And the fact that WWE only ever did one show in that venue as well, before it's inevitable demise, mm. is very, very interesting. Plus, lady, they're advertising they're going to the Georgia Dome in a future episode of Raw for one point during the show. And the Georgia Dome was a big show. Famously, that held the episodes of Nitro, like the finger poke of Doom and Goldberg's title went over. over uh, well, which is weird because the WF and WCF seem to use those exclusively for. Like, Look how much we can sell out for a weekly TV show, but they never thought, why don't we bring a pay per view to the Georgia Dome? <laughs> which is what they should have done, probably. 420,000. People bought fully loaded two thousand. Four twenty. Yes. Yeah. 420. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll do a riddle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's not a number to be bloody sniffed at. I think it's definitely up from what whatever King of the Ring was. I can't remember the number, but I don't remember it being as high. No. Is that? You don't. It's interesting. Four twenty. You don't remember being it as high yeah. as that. Ha oh, ha ha. What's it? Can I interest you in the last of the Pepsi Max? Yeah. Oh, why not, man? The number one movie in the UK and US is the same as it was on SmackDown uh, going into the weekend. Uh, Stuart Little is number one in the UK and the thriller by Robert Zemeckis, uh, What Lies Beneath. It's an interesting mixture from the UK to the US, like, Stuart Little, yay, mm. yay, Little, yeah, little Mouse is all cool. 
Oh, what lies beneath? Ooh. Creepy film. Yeah. Ooh. I think it'll be different for each country when we get to next week. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. I haven't looked that far ahead. Yeah. Mm. But then, like I said before, we we have this overly dramatic like intro package. Like, what a way to see these men! The thrill of the, the thrill of the chase. Mm. They, they can lose all, and all these men's feet is determined by a roll of the dice. But tonight, these dice. Are fully loaded. <laughs> dun dun dun. That's all. <gasps> Spooky. That's all. That's all. It's missing. And now Twix presents WWF fully loaded. Twix. Mm-hmm. All that gambling chit chat and all fully loaded. Sponsored by Twix. <laughs> you're like, okay, you're being all gambling and all adult, but yeah, you're being sponsored by a biscuit. Well, I thought the funniest one for me, random, I don't know why it made me laugh at the time, but uh, it was like 2010, I believe it was, with Extreme Rules, these this over, over the top, the one night we go stream all this, shots of you being hit with chairs and going mm. to the table. And now, KFC presents <laughs> WWE <laughs> Extreme Rules. You can't be extreme if you don't eat the kernel. Uh, the kernel. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I say you, he did. So I, I went through all this, this Extreme Rules match. I come back here. I want some chicken. Are you telling me the Colonel is even working today? Wrong with you. I say you he did. The Colonel. There's no. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Sanders in. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I tell you, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. And then we open up with... We got G.R. and King on commentary. I thought it was weird. Like The, the first three or so matches... I don't think it was weird how they were all they kind of were rushed seemingly into in the last couple weeks. I mean, we've kind of been teasing something with we Hardys and TNA for yeah, a while. Yeah, we've had the thing like last the last episode of SmackDown. We had you know Trish beating Lita with the belt and the you thing, know the thing on the Raw before that they the, the showed the, the her going to the table as well. Yeah, yeah. But like what I was saying is like the Terry Saturn being a challenger for Eddie later on that came out of nowhere seemingly. Yeah, yeah. Taz, well, Taz, not not overly because I mean you had the whole triple threat thing yeah which seemed like like blinking you'll miss the finish <laughs> you know but you had that and did, any, did anyone at the time really want Dean Malenko being at a pay-per-view no I don't think even Dean Malenko could be asked going at the pay-per-view no nah. he was a bit as interesting as wet toilet paper <laughs> and no offence because I know he's the man of a thousand holes I know he's a fucking fantastic wrestler great technician but mm. my god he was dull <laughs> But Even now, when you hear him on, like, I've watched like the dark side of the ring, and when you hear him in interviews, you may not have thought about that, that sleepy guy who well, listens yes. sometimes to sleep. I swear to God, <laughs> he's like you're like God, man. Just you feel like fast forwarding unless he's making a coherent point. And also the Taz, I'll not care either way. Like there's so much going on. It shows how much is going on at WF that mm. there's some major storylines that are happening on TV that aren't even featuring the show. Like oh totally. Like every week on every week since they won the title, it feels like Steve Blackman's been defending the title. No Steve Blackman. No Steve no, Blackman. Even though we pitched that the Taz thing could be even better if we involved Steve Blackman. No crash. No crash. No right. RTC is starting. No to take no shape. hardcore representation. Yeah. RTC is not is nowhere to be seen. I on was show. wondering that. Like I swear to God, like especially in the first match. Yeah, with Lee and Trish. I thought that. I thought that. <sighs> I thought Trish was praying for Stevie Richards yeah. to come out. I was. I was sitting there going, "Just come up, just cover her up and take it away." You know what I mean? Leave the wrestlers in the ring. I think his thing for a while when he came into his thought things that were inappropriate was like the equivalent of when. 
Whenever Monty Python couldn't finish his skates and they get a guy coming, right, stop there, it's too silly. No. <laughs> but no, 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 don't, don't stop Trish, you know what I mean? She needs to be half naked and uninteresting. Yay! Well, like I said, that's the opener TNA and Trish Stratus, or Tat. Aye. Versus Team Extreme. Uh, yes, Tit, if Albert's name was Ian. Boobs uh, and bum. <laughs> boobs and bum and baldy. I was going to say boobs, bald and bum. Boobs and a baldy bum. Well, that implies that either Tess has got boobs or a large bum. Which one is Tess? <laughs> You got a far ass and all, <laughs> prick. That's why. That's why you can do. That's why he's what you do the elbow drop as well as you do the his arse cushions. He's landing for him. No, it's a ballast, you know. What I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Stephanie doesn't like big asses. She'll prefer the big noises. That's why she left him for Triple H. Ah, it's just you get there. Anyway, it is. It's weird. Like this match goes thirteen minutes and twenty seconds. I found. Yeah, but I, it goes almost as long as the main event. Well, no, the main event was, like, over 20-odd minutes. Ah, right, I thought the main event... Like, I checked the times yeah. on Wikipedia, so Wikipedia got it wrong, as per usual. You don't say. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, the video back of this show like, is all about what's been going on between Leah and Trish, and yet, uh, even though they are clearly the main focus of this... They are uh, not the main focus. Yeah, and the, when it comes to the in-ring, they're not the focus, because, like, yeah, the night... I say 80% of oh. the work is done by TNA and the Come hardest. on, Scott, you know why that is, because Trish can't wrestle. I thought she was used pretty well in this. I thought it, it was, like both women suit the the teams that they're involved in and that Hardys are mental and will fly off things and so is Lita, so she'll do those things. Whereas TNA, despite them being big, you notice they're no like, they're all they're all for taking cheap shots like there's a bit where Tess like whips Matt off her throats and then Albert yeah, and, yeah. and then so and that's what Trish does because she must, yeah. she wants to fight Leah but only when Leah's down. I'm so surprised and I real I've got to say I'm so surprised that TNA as a team <laughs> Never get pushed for yeah. only one because watch the few times I've seen them both on SmackDown and in this pay per view, mm-hmm. looked a pretty solid fucking team. And what's weird about it is because a lot of people will talk about this period is like when when certain women like Leah and that get success and like big spotlights, it's almost in spite of how they're presented, and yet <clears throat> and yet this is a they're doing it as entertainers they're letting the women and men can interact mm. whereas even years later when they were trying to push the women as like their own things they still wouldn't let intergender stuff like they rarely even do they like that's why it's always a surprise like even recently when Rhea Ripley's body slamming likes to look gallows and oh, I, th- I think if you're talking the modern game and wrestling you know I mean I, I would assume like 99.9% of female wrestlers want to be seen as legit fighters they don't want yeah. to be seen as fucking eye candy or yeah Silly little girls running around in their pants, Trish. <laughs> but, you know, especially Rhea. Rhea's fucking legit. She's mm-hmm. hardcore. She's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if she wanted to fucking fight any of those guys, yeah. she could kick her out. She could fucking take on the OC on her own, man. I mean, everybody always hints like, oh, well, Finn Balor's kind of leading Judgment Day. Nice, no. <laughs> That's a hardcore mall with a fucking three wins, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I think they, they were smart here because I don't think Trish becomes officially a full-time wrestler until late... She puts her clothes on. Well, I was going to say late till 1001. So I think until now, her in-ring appearances are sporadic, and so she wrestles not as a, a full-time person like Leah. She, I think she wrestles as a manager who happens to have been put in a match, which is why she's so in it. Like, she comes in when Tess is holding Matt back, like, oh, I'm going to slap him. He ducks yeah. his, like, his back, 
Tess reacts as if he's been hit with a frying pan, and then Lita, uh, sorry, Trish almost gets rolled up by Matt Hardy. She kicks out, but then immediately gets out of there, but then comes back in when Lita's down. Whereas Lita's all like, I'm all for it. like she's in there giving Hurricane Ranas to Tess. I know, right? She takes a big flip bump on it. Imagine that the, the wrestler remembered to put her cacks on. You know what I mean? She remembered to put on her jeans, and <laughs> she's doing well. I mean, she, I mean, she put on her jeans, but her pants are clearly showing. And then when the hurries are, are throwing, they're turning their shirts off, she's taking another shirt off and everything. Aye, but you see, she's doing it and she's still maintaining her hardcoreness. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what she's she is teasing the panties. She is not going, look at me, I'm not wearing that, and check check how far up my crevasse pants are going. Like, like there's a bit when they when they this will disguise for the fact that I can't actually wrestle that well. Wow. There's a bit where, like, when they do do the shirt bit and Lita joins in with them, you know, the usual high pitchedness of like when man gets here, there's an undercurrent of as as the men are getting into it as well, because like, oh, they badly long haired are taking their shirts off. Oh, the lassie's doing it, I know. I know. I noticed how much of the fucking men in the audience cheered when that Ian was bent over on the tap fucking turnbuckle and all, <laughs> which was about to get the the superplex off the oh, turnbuckle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she when she was bent over. Like, Oh, she's better. We could that's we could see her arsehole. Wow. Well, I think some people maybe Jim because there was a bit of do so because JR sells the idea of a woman giving another woman a superplex. Yeah, as like if it, he, as if like it matters. It's like a wrestler doing yeah. a superplex on a wrestler. He sells it as if he's just watched Mick Foley been thrown off his the sale again. Yeah, yeah. So he reacts to it. my I, God. I get why I get why JR does it. You know what I mean? He's doing his best to actually amp up the yeah. physical in ring abilities of these two women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably sitting with every mic in his ear with Vince going, talk about the tits, talk about the tits, go and talk about the tits. <laughs> but, and Vin, with JR going, no, that's what the other idiots are for. Aye. Aye. Puppies, ooh. Which he does say, <laughs> But I do like that like, Hardy's and TNA, they, it does feel like we've watched them wrestle a shitload of times by this point. Yeah, but, yeah. But you see why, because they work so well, because the Hardys are good at selling. And, oh yeah, <laughs> and TNA are good at throwing people around, and it's best when you... especially fucking H- Albert. Yeah, because he is mm-hmm. he's violent. But like Tess gets in there and doesn't really hold back on Leah. He gives her a big fuck of gut wrench power bomb. Oh, I know that was a good one. When when the whole thing is there, because much like Jericho later on the hobbit. Oh, but Leah's ribs, and now she's been taking this big ass like power bomb, and then Le- then also that's when Trish wants to get in, and I love that she does look a bit awkward. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a bit well, is, is an understatement, but like, in the case of like, do I do another move? Do I go for cover? Like, but is that Lita? No, uh, Trish. Oh uh, yeah, she, she did look a bit awkward. Dopey. <laughs> oh bloody! See, she's a bit useful as this couch cushion at the minute. <laughs> Keeps falling down. Uh, but then uh. eventually, it sticks to TNA and that for a while. They get uh like Matt Jeff gets isolated, then Matt comes in. Uh, but then he gets delivered a big pump and a slam from Tessa. That's bother. Mm. That's been literally every time these teams wrestle. Tesla has slam on that and then do this weird drape over cover which allows Jeff to hit a swanton on the back of Test to break no. it off. Like, Test, how many times have you wrestled these fuckers? Like, have you not no, have you not learned your lesson by this point? <laughs> this is why Test didn't go much further because he doesn't need to take a telling. Well he didn't have his he didn't have his ex fiance to tell him. It was a nice bit where like I think the Harries are gonna go do a double suplex to Test. Trish is starting to break up, Leah stops her and so all three members of the team extreme Double ah, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. That was cool. 
You know, if they left Albert, like, no, fucking, I'm not lifting you. No, I'm not lifting you, you big baldy fucker. <laughs> Too heavy. Aye. Wait, your head. I was surprised by one thing, though. I think because I remembered TNA standing tall for reasons we're about to talk about. I also assumed that they won this match. I must have remembered mm. it wrong. But no, Lita actually gets up, and despite uh, Trisha Voyner, Trisha is now on the mat. Leah hits that wicked moonsault that she always sits. Yeah. She gets the three on Trish. And immediately before everything can finish his, introdu- his ring announcement, but he Albert's on. I know, <laughs> fucking big baldy creep. <laughs> I know. That's the thing, TNA. They don't lose, win a lot, but when they. When they lose, they know how to deal with it. They attack women. Yes. Yeah. And From then, behind, too. Yeah. I, Bang, fucking I, crack the dome. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. I don't want to know what Albert does to women from behind the dirty bastards. See, I, w- I wasn't really going that way with it. Oh, you might as well. But, go we're, on, We're childish man. enough. But, uh, You're childish enough, you child. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is uh, uncomfortable this next time because, like, like uh, Trish decided to do which, again what she did on SmackDown. Yeah, uh, get the bloody belt out. Get the belt out and everything. And the, the noises that Lee is making when she's screaming and her, I and know, right? It seems really... It, yeah. I often thought, because she made the same noises on SmackDown. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, come on, Lee, you're not that much of a pussy. Come on. I mean, but mind you, would you want to get whipped in the fucking... Well, no, the, I mean, but... Especially she, after you've been put through a bathroom table. She's gone through a table, she does all that. You don't hear her squealing like a little biatch when she's getting put through tables, do you? Yeah. You know? But, but like... There was a weird undercurrent of some people cheering when, like, oh, Trisha's got a leather belt, but then it was a bit like, oh, God, this this is this is getting a bit real now. I don't like this. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. She's already dead. It's like Jimmy Carr's comedy. You know what I mean? It makes you a little schizophrenic. <laughs> You're like, yay! Oh, oh no, no, women no. getting beaten with a belt. Oh, no. no. And then you kind of do that little skit. You go, ooh. Ooh. No. You know, like, she get ahead, but she's a wrestler. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, I don't know how to how to compute that, you know. We'll talk about these two segments and then we'll pause it, okay? Yes, cool. you've still got, like, ten minutes. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, Vic Foley, he's backstage talking to an extra. <laughs> That's all I okay. Mick Foley is talking to an extra. A he's, person. He's still kind of each asking me if I was afraid of the bed and nails. Do I look like a guy to me? And then Edge comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, Christian is really sick. I yeah. think he has. I think food he has food poisoning." And like, uh, fully slaps him on the chest. Goes, "You've been working out." Uh, and he goes, "Oh, food poisoning. Oh, how convenient! Right before you guys had to face the accident. Now, well, I really think that happening is your brother's got a case of the Freddy catitis." <laughs> Like honestly, like you want to you want to see for yourself. Bring a doctor. PNT he needs the help. Like yeah. All right, fine. I'll come bring a doctor over. <laughs> and then it cuts to the Undertaker arriving a bit fucking late. Mark Jesus. Aye, oh, come on. Then Diamond here. But Aye, then, but come on. He had that bad knee. Aye. Aye. That big noisy wrench. You know. <laughs> oh my knee. Where is my bike? Where's Where my did... bike? You didn't come in here with a bike. Oh, yes, yes I... I did. He's my bike, you bastard. <laughs> Anyway, I'll be Bradshaw, he's my bike, you prick. Comes in, he's like, hey, you seen Kurt Angle? Yeah, he's right over there. And then Kurt Angle's like, oh shit. And he's like, oh no. And then he gets chased in the arena, and like, you go, King, King, that I'm going, like, you can't drive that bike in here. And then, <laughs> weirdly, he chases him into some room, Undertaker just as he then leaned over, 
now just the door open because it's she'll close up behind him mm. and drive in and then uh, like aha I've trapped you in here and then Garango runs out the door and, and the takers all come and sift themselves and like okay you go away this time but when I manage to find a way to turn the spike around I'll, you know, I'll get you do you I'll know get why you. it was like that law because at the time it had been just as awkward for him stoning after thing Aye. and walking out the door you know I don't know what was well Undertaker mm-hmm. at this point but it was such a lumbering big well, he said like seven months off. He's been, he's put a bit of weight on. I ah, think. he's a lumbering big diddy at that point. He's like, he's like Ladafi, that fucking reality biker show. <laughs> in that one, you know, a guy with a big mustache. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. If I'm honest, ah, it was. Remember the fucking reality shows you seen back in the day? Like, oh, we're going to do a reality program about this family. We do tattoos or this oh, family. Yeah. We do pawn brokers. Is that like a aye, that I hardcore pawn? Is that the guy? Aye. Aye. Well, we, we done one like that. It was about a a motorcycle mm-hmm. fixing and building family. Aye. And Undertaker moved like the daddy from that. <laughs> Long fucking way around to get to the point of that layer, but yeah, we get, got there. We got there. I get what you're talking about. Coming up next, we've got Taz versus Al Snow. I might say, in this match, a very fucking competent Al Snow. Mm-hmm. Like I said before recording, it was a case of, we need to make Taz look good, so for once, you have to wrestle Al. Mm. You have to show people what you can do. Uh, and, you know, for the most of this match, he kicked Taz's ass. <laughs> this is one of the last times I think we'll see Taz in his wee singlet, because I think after this, he ends up working the long trousers and that weird... That weird shirt, shirt. Right, with the sleeves ripped No, off. that was that was the last we'll see of him in his ECW garb. Mm-hmm. I, I did think it was interesting that ta- uh, Al Snow gets that, up. That, that garb that made him look like a giant, angry Brooklyn baby. It was like, the, you're, watching, you're watching him walking around like, Jesus, the janitors went a bit rogue, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I must say, though, every time I see Solo, uh-huh. I think Taz... <laughs> Because of the towel. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Solo's uh, got that same mean stance with Taz head. Look at this, Solo's not that short, how dare you? No, but he's that mean. Uh, you know, I really, I know we're talking about retro, but I must say I absolutely loved it the other day when Solo beat the living piss out of that bong bashing bobak. Matt Riddle? Three Bs. Bong bashing bobak. <laughs> uh, no, I've made the derogatory for Riddle a boss sack. He's a bong banging satchel. That's what it is. Fucking mad dope smoking satchel freak. Where's my weed so I can criticise him? You don't have any weed. No! (laughs) (laughs) All is lost. (laughs) Oh, look. Bourbon. (laughs) Oh, we're okay then. Anyway. Yes. But yeah, Al Snow, I think, weirdly does get a lot of offence at the start of this. He really does. And some of the moves, like his, like, his leg drop, mm-hmm. his fucking top rope leg drop. Like I say, Al Snow in this match really does put out a lot more offence when up to this point the yeah. dub had allowed us to believe he had. Yeah. You know, and he looked, personally, from my viewpoint, he looked annoyed during the match because, like, the one time I'm allowed to fucking do this and I'm losing it. Like, I, think you know. I think it was a case like, more we'd like to see him in a regular match because we've seen him give a lot in, when he was in his hardcore matches. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always liked Al Snow, you know. I always thought he could have been higher up the mid-card than he was. People forget by this point he's already been a brief tag team champion. Him and Mick Foley were the tag team champions all too briefly. I think, weren't, they, won, I think they won them from the Hollies, I think, and then lost them to the New Age Outlaws. I was going to say, weren't him and Matt... Uh, weren't him and Marty Jannetty was, but no, Marty Jannetty was brief tag champs with another person. The one, two, three kids. 
Ah, I mean, the New York Rockets were never going to get to a state where they could become tag team champions. You know what the, the reference I was making earlier on about Taz and his tag title reign? Like, it's yeah, you get to be tag champion, but it's with Spike. Mm-hmm. I feel that the one, two, three kid was in the same boat. Yeah, you get to be a tag champ, but it's with him. And, and then, you're like, ah. Oh. And then him and Bob Hall, you get to be tag champs. But it's only for, for one night. For one day. You get to have the Matt Cardona records. <laughs> you get to win it. But you don't get to keep it. <laughs> no. no. I just get to win it. <laughs> and then give it back. <laughs> give, it, give me that back. Give it back. You're, you can't have these. You're not good enough to have these. Oh, look you're, at that. You got your prince. You got your dentist. You're, you're not the smoking guns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But, like, there's a point where, like, Al's throwing all this offense at Taz. And then Taz gets in the corner, fends it all. And it's, we're only two minutes in, but Taz... Already looks shattered. No, I know. Like, he, he did not have. Like, he was very physical, but he did not seem like he had the greatest cardio. No, yeah. and yet, despite the fact that we had a point where Al it's a minsole, not like it's a like, drop, then goes for the minsole. Yeah, and the fact that he doesn't go for a character leg drop and then goes for the minsole, you have Daryl Lawler calling him, calling his sanity into question as he often does. But like he hits the leg drop, then fall by the minsole back, doesn't he? That's not enough to get it. Mm. And then you, as he goes for a head, you can audibly hear some people chatting. Boring. Boring. Do, you, do you know? I thought when I heard that, I thought, do you know, go take a what you said that Trish doesn't have a tits out or something. You know, it's a fucking phenomenally good, technically sound match. You know what I mean? Lots of good holds. Al's looking good. You know, the match ends with Taz looking good by comparison because he's beat a guy that gave him a hell of a match. <laughs> but it's boring because it doesn't have tits, blood, or stupid, unnecessary violence. I mean, I think these first, I think at least three of these matches, I think maybe even the first three have bloody insults in them. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And so whoever was chatting born probably went, ah, that was cool, but we saw a chick with a thong hanging out doing that earlier on. Aye, and you're like, really, that's why it's born to you people? Well, I'm not saying that is the reason, I don't know these people. Oh, I know you don't right, know so. these people, but what, what was the general demographic demographic of crowd yes. at that point? Yeah. Horny young men and... Old men. I was going to say, on the show was being written by horny old men and would continue to be to for many years. Yes, until he get found out for being a horny old man. <laughs> anyway, uh, but then Al tries to use head and blatant view of the referee and then Taz manages to take him down. He gets a match, is this? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that joke in there, man. <laughs> He's Taz standing on the stool if he wants to get head. Oh, for goodness sake. Anyway, enough of your derogatory filth. <laughs> oh, you started it. You started implying <laughs> shit and then I followed up on But then Taz does this move. It was really cool. You see, like, where he grabs like, one Al's leg to every shoulder yeah. and it flips him over. Al very nearly lands on his head. Very and, nearly. Mm-hmm. Very nearly. He goes for the Taz mission. Al manages to throw him off. Bounces off the rope and then Taz grabs him again and as he tries to roll through again. Taz then hooks his legs yeah. around I thought, like, I honestly thought, like, you know what, because I haven't seen this one either. Yeah. Like, I know you say you've yeah. seen it, but I hadn't seen this one. But I thought when Taz got the Taz mission on him mm-hmm. and I was rolling, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be one of those scenarios, you know, like Bobby Lashley's scenario. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought Taz was going to get the Taz mission on and I would roll back and like, oh, no, you've been pinned. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. But no, Taz... He got the Taz mission, Al couldn't get out, and he tapped. Mm-hmm. And it was funny when he tapped as well, because when he tapped, it looked like one of those taps that never gets called a tap. Aye, where you, you know, where he was like, the back, back of his hand, hand going, 
doesn't doesn't the rules state if you tap you have to palm it you have to Referee, referee probably didn't give enough of a fuck about Alison. Like, ah, oh, that's good enough. Fuck you. Ah, you go. You're, you're Alison. I bet he wouldn't think that now. Alison's very big now. Mm-hmm. Very large. Yes. Very much not to be jobbed out. <laughs> <coughs> I don't even know exactly what Al's doing at the moment, really. But he he own, he's the owner of OVW. Is he? Yeah. 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 He runs and Is OVW still dub associated? No, it was it was uh, You know what was their training? Yeah, it was briefly then I think in two thousand and six or seven when they started doing stuff with Mid South and SCW they got tied and OVW was running its own thing. And mm-hmm. then it then it was associated with TNA for a while and then it split ties with them and it's been its own thing ever since then Al came I think about twenty nineteen, twenty twenty he bought it off them. Yeah. No, one of the first TNA matches I really enjoyed like this. It was a it was a hardcore match between Al and Grado. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Grado doing his rolling slice. I think I think Danny <laughs> Danny Davis was like the main trainer and like guy behind OBW for a number of years. That's really cool. Yeah. I think a former referee then turned heel referee and then a wrestler yeah. playing the WWF back in the day. See, I didn't even know he'd briefly be a wrestler, but yeah. there you go. Well, he would be a heel referee, but then forced to be in matches. I think that was yeah. part of his gimmick in the day. I think he, he was might a wrestled. corporate ref, was he not? I think he was, like, he was biased for like, that, like the Heart Foundation and that. And then he, I'm pretty sure he was in a six-man tag where he teams with the Heart Foundation at Mania 3, I want to say. Oh. Then I think he was also a wrestler, but also this was just the role he was given. Like One of the main things was like, you get a guy who doesn't do a lot on TV, but secretly is a really good wrestler, and then goes on to have this long career as a trainer and that. But if you're Harvey Whippleman, you do it in reverse. You start out as a great heel manager and turn into a shitty referee. Then I think I think you're one of Danny. One of the Bowson brothers is apparently one of his nephews as well. Aren't they racialists? I don't know. Or am I thinking of the DOA? I think you're thinking of the DOA. The DOA are racialists. Just because they, they would be given that, that very bald look, like, like the DOA doesn't mean the same as the DOA. No, but the DOA are racialists, right? Aye, fuck them. Dirty racialists. Right, but Taz. But Taz isn't a racialist. Aye. He won this match in 5 minutes and 20 seconds. Aye, you won the match because you're no a racialist. <laughs> but anyway, backstage. <laughs> we got Asian Christian. Christian's in the, the cubicle making vomit noises. <laughs> Is he in front of a mirror or something? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then oh, in, comes a, in comes the doctor, we'll uh, And he's all, no, no, we gotta, we gotta defend our title. We're the, we're the fighting tag team champions of all time. I've got to say, for you know, someone who's potentially suffering from food poisoning, <laughs> what a thorough doctor check he gave him. Know. You know, little torch. He's suffering, he's <laughs> in such pain. Aye. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, just look at his eyes. Aye. Either this doctor is on the take for Asian Christian or he's just fucking stupid, I think. I think he's little from column A, little from column B. Yeah. So Foley seems to like despise this explanation. Oh, well, no, I guess I owe you guys an apology. And then uh, Christian excuses himself and goes into the, the cubicle again making those noises. <laughs> and then... Uh, it cuts to weirdly and a weird bit of inception we got Stephanie and Triple H watching the show. I know, they're like, show. oh, I'd hate to be let's say, that would be, wow. Well, like, oh, they, they must be looking suck. at the TV, like, they not notice they're probably on TV, there's a big camera, big camera on you, but then... Not well watching it, yeah. because it's, you know, like you say, Inception-style shit, mm-hmm. and Triple H sitting there and is, I must say, that <laughs> hockey jersey, yeah. looks real. I, would always, I would love to have one of those for my collection, but... I've got to say, he's sitting there in a hockey jersey, yeah. and at this point, I've got to say, he looks ripped as a mofo, man. Did you see his fucking arms, man? Mm-hmm. He was 
Hugh <laughs> Hugh He was Hugh So he was Hugh Egg. <laughs> he was big. And, then, and all and all veiny and shit. Well, he's sitting there with Stephanie, and there's flowers all around the table. And then some guy goes in and says, I've got more flowers for you, Stephanie. And then Triple H guy is like, Okay, what the what is the deal? Mm, well, some, some little man who's dressed like Harvey Whipple with a moustache. I was like, Are you sure you're Har- are you Harvey Whipple? Are you? He's, he has weird stunt double because you look enough like Harvey Whippleman to know Ma, that you're not Harvey Whippleman. Ma, I want Harvey Whippleman. We've got Harvey Whippleman at him. Harvey Whippleman. Whippleman, aye. <laughs> that's, that's what three halves and one without mixture does to you. Whippleman. Obviously, Whippleman, I think you got him off Wish.com. That was maybe my point, but I've uh, not had any, I've not had any barbara knackering. You have too much of a tongue twister. Does that, does that smell to too it, much to you? Get out. Yeah, you can't, you can't handle the bourbon, man. I don't want any bourbon. Coward. Fuck you. <laughs> and I tried like, what what's the deal with all these flowers? What the hell are these all these good flowers coming from? Well you mean they're not from you? Like, no no they're not from me. Like I really thought it was all from you. Like, he's like, didn't you look? Didn't you see one of the card or anything? Well, well no, I thought they were from you, then I didn't even look at the card. Well you, I found your card. I mean I thought, well maybe I don't wrote something mushy on it or something, you know. <laughs> love how heartfelt to me. Oh, we're 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 something mushy. Like I'm I'm all manning but sometimes I eat some mushy, but don't you be telling anybody yeah, that I'll, I'll, I'll write I'll write something sweet, bitch. Yeah, but you don't know? you but don't you be telling anybody that I do that. Tell me because I need to. I need to get you all, all tied up so I can eventually take the company. <laughs> yeah. Then he leads up like, "Hey, Stephanie, good luck to your man." And you can tell by the inflation that it was probably put in. And Cody's like, "Good luck to your man and his mess tonight." It's true. It's true. Mm. And there's a bit of a pop from the crowd. Isn't it? Always damn true. <laughs> it's I, th- I think they missed an opportunity there, though. If I'm honest, you know. Well. Triple H is pissy at Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. Undertaker's pissy at Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. Look at it. I mean, I know I'm not usually favourable of the backstage uh-huh. skits, but you know, it could have been. We could have had you know Taker and Triple H bump into each other and go, "You want flat cunt? Uh-huh. I'm looking for that cunt. <laughs> Let's go look for that cunt." Like I would, would again, would again each other, uh-huh. but for this instance, we're going to go look for that cunt. Uh-huh. I'll beat him in the dome with a sledgehammer and you run around him with your bike. This is one of the few times where I'm not, I'm actually for the fact that there's multiple things with Triple H. Because mm. this one has a real payoff in like the <coughs> weird really fanship. It really does, it really does. Weird fanship from SmackDown. I like the fanship because I, like that time period of Triple H, I like that sort of like cringy, like he's being nice, but you know when he's being nice, he's being an extra cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That was the thing they always knew it was a definite. Whenever Triple H was being nice, mm-hmm. you knew that was just him being an extra cunt. Yeah. Then when we have another title match. Well, well, this is our first of four title matches. Yeah, first of four of the evening. Yes. Of Eddie Guerrero taking on Perry Saturn alongside Terry, who's carrying behind... Uh, Terry's a... Oh. I've never liked Terry. Terry but. is a smelly train wreck, man. <laughs> oh, but then... Stay- well, no wonder Goldust fancied his self mill. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder he was always teasing that he was going after the men, like, come on, take me, please get me away from you, huh? Get me away, have you seen it? God, I mean, ah, oh, look yeah. at it. It's like that Family Guy sketch. <laughs> like, you're offensive to all four senses. <laughs> you know that way when you smell something and it gets in the back of your throat? Yeah, I can totally taste it. That's Terry. Anyway, but then so China's going right for Terry, and then Perry tries to get away, and she's like, "Get the fucking road, you!" <laughs> China goes running like Terry's coming down with Perry because you know nah. we've had the Mamacita nah. and he's on and shit, and like 
China already looks pissy. Aye. You know, and then... Aye. Pe- I love the story. You get to give them the flowers by age. You often does sometimes they hide a pipe in there. So much so that became a, a weapon you could use in the, like, the later, like, No Mercy and games yeah, like that. Yeah. China, as soon as Perry's done, she just... Aye, she just, just takes her beelines for fucking Terry. Well, she doesn't just toss them away. She looked like she probably launched, and that could have ended up in the fucking 15th row. They're like... Yeah, somebody else take his fucking flowers. Yeah, like, fuck the flowers, I'm dealing with these cunts. <laughs> and she goes, she smacks fucking salt out of the way and then grabs that wee mm-hmm. smelly r- fucking... Ugh. She grabs that. Mm-hmm. To which Saturn goes back and gives her a smack. Mm-hmm. To which the wee rat-looking thing runs away. And then Eddie comes in and that's when they start the, like, they start the brawl. proper brawl. And they start, obviously, as as it's tended to be a lot of the time before Saturn got mm-hmm. blackballed, <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't go. He didn't get Bible. He just he just fucked off. He went missing. Well, I mean, like yeah, after his yeah, the mopping and everything like yeah, that. After after his instant almost beating that guy to death <laughs> on TV, mm-hmm. it didn't go well for him. <laughs> what, what was that already? Did he, did he have some? Well, the guy imagined slight or something. Well, the guy I think did a head scissors and he didn't. It wasn't quite right, so. Like Perry landed a bit awkwardly on his head, so it was fine, but it could have went wrong. And so Perry thought, like, this fucking guy that dropped me in my head, so I'm gonna beat the fist of him. A green guy. I don't think he was green, I think he just he just fucked up. Yeah, so a guy who made a, a bit of a mistake which didn't lead to any serious problem, mm-hmm. which could have been glossed over and you could have settled your differences amicably backstage. Uh-huh. Perry proceeded to almost cripple the guy because he got a bit of an accident. Yeah. No wonder he got moppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a bit from that where he sends him through the bottom and middle rope and the guy kind of gets his foot caught so he very nearly has an awkward landing as well. Mm. It's very very hard to actually watch. Yeah, it really is. It's like, I've seen the, the Acolytes Public Enemy thing. Mm-hmm. That's like a that's like a high water point PG era match <laughs> compared to what Perry Saturn does to this guy. Because that guy looked severely scared and hurt after that match. Oh, so they go back to doing their ring and then every so often she is still getting involved like yeah. well she closed lines <laughs> Perry really she nudges him and Perry goes <laughs> yeah yeah it reminded me a lot of like uh, when Lita was doing all the moves and mm-hmm. the six man yeah you know like I Lita made it look good but the very fact that Test and Albert were mm-hmm. actively moving into yeah. these moves made it look and you were going yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, Lita, you look cool, but we're obviously, if they will not help him. There's a point where she also sends Saturn into the set, so there's a very loud Eddie chance. He's technically a hometown or home state guy, at least because... Well, El Paso? Well, he was born in El Paso, which is part of Texas, so maybe they knew that he was part of Texas, maybe they just wanted to chant for him, but... yeah, mm, I think, Texas boy. Uh, yes, like, I think people forget about him, like, yes, he and everybody have, like, Hispanic heritage, but they're both born, like, in America, but... Was Eddie born in... Where was Eddie born in? I, well, I think Eddie was born in El Paso, but I think it's one of the parts of Texas that most borders, like, the, the Mexican border, so there's a large where Hispanic... Where was he born? He was born in San Diego, which... San Diego, California. Yeah, but California and Texas both have, like, borders with Mexico, so both of them have much of their young lives going back and forth between Mexico and America, like, uh... Ray talks a lot about and he's been travelling between America and what America and Mexico and everything, but Eddie would think of born in El Paso, which is definitely a part of America, so yep. but he's anyway. There's still a large Hispanic market in that kind of area, so that's Yeah. Okay. I I think you I think you've made it as descriptive enough for the yeah. people, mate. Yeah, but anyway, Eddie was over 
and Perry was not. <laughs> that, was, that was just the way of things. I like to. I'm just saying, but on the <laughs> occasion, on the yeah, connection. I know, I know. But Eddie hits a nice hurricane run. There's a a bit where Perry goes for a suplex, which then Eddie jumps over, goes for a roll up, and then yeah, it, and then Perry silence what was going to be Kevin Owens move for the big pop up power bomb. Yeah, yeah. So and Perry hit it well. Mm-hmm. Perry himself also for the third match in a row. We're gonna have a minsult. This one does not. Can Eddie moves out of the way for this one? Yeah, I must. I must say, well, we're coming up near to the finish. Yeah. Eddie also hits a brain buster at one point, which I thought looked pretty cool. That's uh, classically Arn Anderson's move, isn't it? Well, yeah, he was part of a team called the Brain Buster. Yeah, but yeah. was that not the move that Arn himself did? Yeah, I think he's most well known for his spine buster, obviously. Oh, yeah, Arn's like the one move he did in that Flair Taker match. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the one thing he can still do, like, just do the thing. Do the th- Say it, do the thing, Arn. Do, do the thing, Arn. You know you can't do nothing else. <laughs> Do the thing. It's equivalent of like, say the line, Bart. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> say the line. Do the thing, Arn. Oh, for God's sake. There. Eddie, Did a spine buster. Eddie goes from uh, Frog's Pipe of A. Darren moves away. He does the roll through. It's a good thing where he gets Eddie up on his shoulder for like an electric chair and just throws him. Yeah. And then, I don't think this was meant to happen quite as it did, but China gets into it again with Perry, and Perry says, I've had enough of you. So Perry hits a clothesline on China. I think she's meant to tumble over the Spanish announce table. What happens is, there's clearly the Spanish announce table is made of paper. Yeah, and it falls she, apart. She lies on it, and it just collapses on the roof. Like, it doesn't even, the roof and show, you can kind of just see it on the side part of the camera, on the left-hand side of the camera. <laughs> you can just see China slowly descending as the, as the announce table falls beneath her. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did think I was a little, I was like, oh well, that table's made at Ikea. <laughs> uh, and so, um, fall uh, apart furniture. So the referee goes over to check on China and then that leads to Terry coming back and then Perry acts up like, oh, he's, like, he's scared of Eddie, so he hides behind uh, Terry and Eddie being the baby's like, I'm not going to punch a woman. Yeah, and so then, the woman kicks him right in the balls. Then Saturn goes, yeah, because it wasn't the hardest shift. <laughs> so he just sends Eddie's shoulder first into How the... How does he go? Yeah. <laughs> he is the man who says, yeah. <laughs> And so he throws very fair. <laughs> so he throws it, pushes Eddie into the post, rolls him back in, hits a really I good. I must hit. say that the way he finished that match was pretty. I, I watched that move, and I thought, mm. ah, right because it looked it looked sore because yeah. he done like a full on it looked like a macho man style elbow right to the kidneys, right, roll him up one two three, and like I say, I watched this match and at the end of it, I was like. Ah, Perry Saturn won something. <laughs> Fuck me, I never knew. You know, but, I was actually quite. I was like, uh, you know, sometimes when you see a match, like you, you're not really aware of the outcome, <laughs> and then you get to. I went. I, I had this mindset. I was sitting there going, Ah, oh, well done, Perry. I think. I think what's weird is that his interaction with Eddie on Raw and SmackDown this week. They've been really trying to push get over. He's a. Uh, his new move, like the kind of almost jackhammer into a slam kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, new move. Aye, his, yeah. his new venture. So I assume that it was basically being done so he could not be surprised when he uses that to win the match, but he didn't even use that. In no, he just done a massive elbow to the kidneys and <laughs> bend him. Which also, Kevin Dunn, you f- 
fucking tip. You nearly missed it as well because you go, he goes one, cut to Terry, clear. Sounds like cut fucking back, and you get back just in time for the three. Then immediately cut back to Terry. Yeah. And then you know he goes up and celebrates with Terry. She randomly wears the belt for a brief second for no reason, and then Terry goes off. Yeah, I don't know how memorable he'll be as European champion because if I if I didn't watch the show or hadn't already watched the show, I probably myself would have forgotten that Perry Saturn was European champion. Yeah, I, I didn't know that Perry Saturn won anything. Yeah. I mean, he'd, so he'd won a he'd won a hardcore title so far for all of. 20 seconds. Yeah, so all of the Radicals won something then? Yes. Well, the other Radicals were all trying like Eddie was European, Emma was IT, and Monk was, was LA Heavy when, when when Perry had that brief hardcore title run. <coughs> so for a brief 20 seconds, all four Radicals had belts, and then Buddy Crash Ollie or Taz or whoever it was came along. Yeah. But no, like, like Eddie, mm-hmm. you know, tag title, European title, IC title, world title. Like pretty much everything that you can... Uh, same for Benoit. Yeah, Malenko mm-hmm. <laughs> won the light heavyweight, and Perry was a hardcore and a European champ. So you yeah. know the, the least storied one out of the four. Yeah. Perry had quite a bit of success, in, like in, in both ECW and like WC. Like, like he won Perry one of the Pebbles. No, he was in the Eliminators. The Eliminators. I mean, that was Kronos, it. They were like a couple. They had a, had a couple. Of, uh, they had a phenomenal finish. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah, uh, and then like, they were tag champ. I think he he had a couple of reigns as TV champion in WCW. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a brief like feud with like Booker T in nineteen ninety eight for the the TV title. Yeah, I, I just remember like a few times I've actually you know took any proper time to watch old ECW. Uh-huh. I remember the Eliminators were pretty fucking vicious. Mm. You know, especially Kronos. Kronos <laughs> was violent. I think about Eddie Guerrero. <coughs> Like, cause you know we had we had a uh, current jail story recently, and we were talking about Brock was all about like trying to get his win back over Bobby Lashley. Yeah. My brother and I were talking about, it, and one of the only people I can really think of. I don't know if I can think of anybody else, but I think just by Brock's very you know passing away when he did. Yeah. I think Eddie is the only person that's ever beaten Brock Lesnar without a reply. Without Brock eventually going back and beating him because like Eddie wins the title off him and nowhere. The very next week, Brock's already moving into that program with Goldberg, yeah. and, and then both both of them are away. I don't know how that would have gone, even if Eddie hadn't unfortunately passed away. Mm. You know, what I mean, I don't know how that would have gone because I heard rumor, and I've 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 read. You know, sometimes you yeah. hear rumor and then you read up on it a little. Yeah. I've heard the direction they were planning on going with Eddie mm-hmm. before he, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately passed. Uh-huh. I heard the program we were planning for WrestleMania 22 was a program between him and Sean. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd heard, and well, it's so, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's so fucking sad that the man passed, yeah. but as, from a wrestling yeah. standpoint, to have had the possibility, we could have had a program between two of the greatest in-ring performers, mm-hmm. like, ever. Yeah. I mean, I think, considering how good a place Sean was in yeah. on his second run, mm-hmm. And how phenomenally good Eddie Guerrero was in ring. I think I think, I think that would have been yeah that would that would have been something. I would love to see just how they would have even gotten to that point. Would that mean like instead of Ray having his thing, would Sean have won the Rumble that year, which mean then would have put Sean in bloody Austin territory of the three time Rumble winner because he'd done it in ninety five and six. Yeah, yeah. So would they got there, and then that would that mean that Sean would have to then move to SmackDown, which is where the world tales because. 
the idea of Sean being specific over SmackDown would be a weird idea because I think Sean was primarily a raw a guy. A raw guy. Yeah, Even when his first combat. run. Aye. You know what I mean? Or when he was, yeah. Well, the, the raw was the, was the, the company. Thing, the only thing I can associate Sean Michaels with SmackDown was the first ever SmackDown when he, he caused the rock. When he caused the rock and super kicked him in the jaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all wearing, wearing those natty shorts he was wearing. And a big shirt like, look, my wrestling skill, I've got a school, I'll take your money, but I might not teach you as much. Come, come to my wrestling school. Yeah, a better wrestling school than the ultimate fucking warrior. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Huh? I mean, don't you know what his philosophy was? Districity. Or as, as Jim Ross said in his Dark Side of the Ring, what the fuck is this trip today? <laughs> I agree with him. I what the name of fuck are you talking? Uh, there was a thing. Distrucity. To go back to a nice thing, like, Sean, I think, would have been up for it because he did give a nice tribute during the Eddie tribute episode of Raw where he talked about how the two of them would talk about faith the occasionally. Faith and scripture yeah. and God yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So, which is nice. But, uh, it's, it's nice that, look, look, like, I know this isn't about yeah. the pay-per-view, but... Um, and not being a not being a man of faith myself, uh-huh. you know what I mean. I think I I, I respect it. You yeah, know what I mean, and it's nice to know that like with Sean have Sean and Eddie both having their past demons. Yeah. it was nice to know that the two of them like because anything you hear at Eddie, all you ever hear about is uh-huh. Eddie and Chris or Eddie and Chavo or <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. It's nice to know that Sean had found somebody that he could mm-hmm. communicate with, yeah. and not be a dickhead about it. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think of the possible, like, because no one really talks about it, but you think of the possible friendship between him and Eddie uh-huh. as opposed to the relationship between him and the crybaby. <laughs> yeah. You know? I would love to see, like, because, like, no, I, don't, I haven't watched it in ages, so I'm <coughs> not saying that Triple H Cinemax at main events May 22 would have been bad, but I, I, don't, I don't think there would have been many argument to say that as much as you were trying to push Cena, if you had the, if you get that match, Sean, Eddie... That's, that that would have belonged nowhere else but the fucking main event. Oh, no, no, no. That would have been like the time, I think, there was... What was it? Was Sean Undertaker match that completely yeah. fucking nullified the main event between Randy Orton and Triple H? Yeah. That would have been in that territory. There would have been nothing that would have beat Sean v. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. They're going backstage where Eddie, uh, Edge and Christian are packing up their stuff. They're all giggling. They're like, oh, man, that was so totally easy. Food poisoning. Rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're fucking the gear away. They're like, that was so totally easy. I don't know, like food poisoning rules. <laughs> the guy fight, and then uh, fully comes can, in. Can I? Yes. <laughs> so Mick goes back in. He's like, "Hey guys," and like, and he sees it, huh? <laughs> and then Chris is like, "Oh, oh, oh!" oh runs into the bathroom. He's like, Bleh. "He's like, well, I was going to give you boys a pass tonight, but." <laughs> And then he's all curious, and Christian's like, oh no, it's like, don't come in here, don't come in here, oh no, Mick, oh god, no. So, Mick, and convenient little cameraman, you know, decide to have a, look. have a little peeky peeky over the stall there to see Christian pouring a bucket of some goop Aye. into the toilet whilst going, bleh. I am being so sick. And he kind of just does that awkward kind of. He looks up. And really? like, oh Jesus! I've been, you know, well, you guys are so totally busted, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they try to pass. Like, no, we don't. We don't. I don't know what that was, but I definitely was sick earlier. It's like, you know, guys, I'm not a doctor. I have spent a lot of time in emergency rooms. And my medical opinion, you guys are going to still get to get your butts kicked when you face the acolytes later. The one positive I can say about this match that comes up is, they did. <laughs> but then we also have 
Taker being done to medical. Michael has tried to do his transitions. Like, oh, we just anyway. heard Mick Foley's medical opinion, but I'm, now I'm interested to hear your medical opinion about Kurt Angle. The match between the American hero against the American nightmare. He's badass. <laughs> yeah, the American, American badass. And he's like, ah, that's cute. <laughs> See what you did there. Well, Angle, my medical opinion. When I'm done with him, he's gonna need the doctor to remove my butt from his butt. <laughs> and then you see the screen and sees that Krangle's trying to get on his more bacon. Yeah, he's like, boy, I'm... you see, I, I never really liked that guy because he just seemed like an angry Texan. <laughs> you know what he was like in this time period? He was like a subdued JBL. <laughs> Do you know, Hank? Uh, he was kind of like a less intense JBL. Because uh, every time it was all. Boy, and I'm gonna kick your butt, and boy, and I'm gonna kick your ass. Ah, ah. Oh, <laughs> lots of grunting and boy, and uh, kicking uh, butt, and uh, you're gonna need a doctor to remove my butt from your butt. Uh, you're like, calm down, Hank. <laughs> you know, I know, I know you love propane and shit, you know. But, but then we get that age <laughs> Christian said Christian Cutler, Thunder from like, man, you know what, Christian really is sick. Sick of being in Dallas. <laughs> hey, oh, the bloody JFK promo. Oh, for, oh, sorry, the, 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 I mean, the, the, the usual, your sports teams are really crap. So yeah. you know. And then Christian gets on and he goes, you know, a lot of people make a big deal about the Kennedy assassination. Oh, for God's sake. Was it a lone gunman? Was it some sort of conspiracy? <laughs> Who cares? Because if he spent five more minutes in Dallas, he probably would have committed suicide anyway. You hear it and you laugh, but you're he just going, no, man, come on, you got, no. You got bloody GR apologizing, you like, we're, we apologize, we've killed smart for these so-called champions. It's fucking, like, King's like, oh, God, you're apologizing for everybody tonight. Oh, I apologize for JR and everything, and then he goes, oh, I apologize for my colleague being such an ass kisser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... It was a... Well, then, then I, I would have loved to see what would happen had the music not played of the APA because then they go they go from the JFK probably would have killed himself anyway to for the benefit of those with flash photography like what the fuck would that pose have entailed for the benefit of those flash photography <laughs> no I, I imagine like, it would have been some sort of again pissed to the kid like Edge gets down his knees and Christian goes and just but he said that like back into the left Ah. Oh. God, poor taste, man. Poor taste. I mean, you know it's poor taste, but I'm the one telling you it's poor taste, man. I'm just saying, I've I imagined that's what they were implying that they were going to do had they not been interrupted. No. <laughs> then it comes Bradshaw and uh, Bradshaw like, I'm from Texas. Yeah, fucking Texas. Texas. Yeah. I'm building. Kick your butts. This yeah. One, just about every major championship. We got five Super Bowl championships. And the long and short of it is you're sitting there going, did the Undertaker not just make that speech about two seconds ago? No. Well, angry, angry man. I mean, like you said, he's a more subdued one, whereas Bradshaw's just like, fucking, yeah, fucking Texas, I'm pissed off. Texas, yeah, propane, yeah. The, the building with the Von Erics, the Freebirds, the, everything goes like, Wait, Brian Harris, wasn't that like a hundred years ago? Like, King, don't act like you're not old as well. And then you're like, tonight we're going to give these people another memory they can tell their grandkids about. The night the acolytes made Asian Christian their own personal bitches. Yeah, but like, you didn't hear that on the network. You heard, beep. 
as, well, as I heard a lot through this pay per view, you know, like well, well, when 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 uh, when people were being called pussies and whatnot. I mean, I I have looked back on it, and I think what I can tell from the SmackDowns, like it, this isn't just a network thing. This was a a thing at the time as well, because I think like we we're, we'll take the piss of the PTC. But for now, we also need to make it look like we're making an effort, so we'll bleep shit. I think we did on the shows, but not on the pay-per-views. Yeah. Well. Because, you know, I have I have a few pay-per-views from that time period, and they weren't bleeped. So. Yeah, maybe maybe the pay-per-views are never thing, but I don't think the SmackDowns so no, are. I think, I think you're right with the SmackDowns, because that was network television. Because I think their excuse would have been for the pay-per-views, is like, hey, you are paying money for this, so it's, if you bought your money, then we and can... You bought it, you want to see tits in here swearing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I can do all the apologising he wants, but fuck it, you giving us your money already. Yeah, you paid for it already, fucker, so <laughs> fuck you! Fuck yeah. the fuck, fuck, fuck! Well, despite the fact, I think they've announced that the match has officially started when they go to the outside, and despite the fact this match eventually ends by DQ, Farouk doesn't get a DQ <sighs> when he picks up a massive bit of steps and hurls that bloody re- at Christian. No, 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 because you see, if, if the referee had DQ'd Farouk... Uh-huh. Farouk and Bradshaw may have hurt him. Yes. You know, they DQ Edge and Christian, yes, because Edge and Christian are little pretty boys, but you don't DQ the acolytes because the acolytes will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Just ask Public Enemy. Oh, yeah. They get fired on the outside. Christian gets thrown in there with Big Bradshaw. It's a big fucking uh, fallaway slam, big clothesline from hell. And <laughs> yeah. all that. But I they... love that clothesline from hell because he fucking, like, Christian stopped, <laughs> like, upside down. <laughs> he was like, boff! Christian's like, Argh. oh no, I am dead. <laughs> oh no, I am broken. Then you got then you had the point where they lure Farouk in to distract the referee while they're choking Brad. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of that. Like I, I never, even now, I don't like that. That constant, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, slow down. I get it, slowing down. But for fuck's sake, the referee has to look back once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but. Then Farouk gets his hot tag, which then he needs to, uh, he's like, this match is in Google, and he got all my shit in, big spine buster off, yeah, slam, all the, Dominator, yeah, all that Dominator shit. and all that stuff. It's a scary looking fucking Dominator. Yeah. I could easily have one of them. And then, it's not just that they, they use the belts, I think it's as it comes in, he shoves the ref to like, he's still at a ref will see Yeah, it. yeah, he comes in, like, I think Farouk's got the, he's got the pin on, Aye. Farouk's got the pin on, and Edge comes in with one of the tag belts, and he, like, motions the ref, he's like, hey, watch what I'm gonna do, <laughs> and then he proceeds to fucking smack Farouk right in the back with a belt, and always DQ, and you're like, oh yeah, we won, <laughs> and then the athletes chase them, and kick the fuck out of them <laughs> on the rampway. And... You know, you and I were talking about the athletes and kind of whether or not they got their, their kind of their due in terms of like the title. I mean, they were, they're already two time title champs. They had two reigns in '99. They have one more in 2001. But weren't the weren't the athletes the champions when the Hardys won their first yeah, I think title they, reign when they were managed briefly by Michael PSS? And then they won the back from the Hardys and they only held them for a few weeks. Cause then they lost them to Kane and X Pac. Yeah. Oh, nothing against your boy, <laughs> but. Not against that team, I'm just saying. Yeah. But none against your boy. Yeah. I ain't saying nothing derogatory about your boy. But like, uh, the thing, this is as egregious, like the accolades no one here as it was at the Bloody Rumble, which almost had a similar finish to this, because the thing where they won at Armageddon in a big battle royal to win the, become the one contenders, they didn't get their title shot for ages while New Tales were fighting other teams, and then they got put in a weird thing where they were beating up the Mean Street Posse on a consistent weekly basis. Yeah. And then they started their build. To the rumble with uh, with the with the new jet laws, 
and then a match that went all of like two minutes before Xbox helped get involved and like really this should have been a case of you know Acolytes come and storm through the champions in a couple of minutes, win the titles, feel good MSG win because MSG could have wanted to see the Acolytes yeah. win and then you could have just dropped them back to the the new Jet Laws on bloody TV anyway because that's what seemed to happen this time. Like every time the titles <laughs> change hands, the new Jet Laws always got them back. So we then cut to WWF, you know, for our blog to this guy wasn't good enough to be on the pay per view, but here he is at WWF New York. And who's who's not good enough to be on the show? It's the big boss man. He's still around. Hey, he was busy fucking threatening patrons. Ah, uh, he's like, hey, I'm doing my duty as a man of the law. You had, you got, you got ID. Oh, he shows the bartender. Oh, I ain't the bartender. I'm the big boss man. No, he was busy portraying somewhat of his original gimmick. Yeah, and his shield gear. All, all those mate, all those messing with. You show me your ID, or you don't catch you under a trigger. You'll be serving hard times. Seven hard time, seven hard time, you know the big boss man got you on the run. I think I thought it was Mickey walked the line. Well, whatever the fuck it was. Anyway, then we've got Triple H. He carries a big stick, a ball of chain. Anyway, Triple H is annoyed at Stephanie because of the flowers angle. Like, we don't know. Who you who you been getting flowers for, who? Is that a little size here? She turned the wings against us. Turned the wings against us. Like, like we don't know these are from Kurt. Like, who else did talk like that? It's true. So then he goes to like confront Kurt. Well, Hurt will check in on that later on. Yeah. And then Tigger's leg is still clearly bone because he's limping after Kurt. So like, you, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. You won't be sorry when I catch your sorry ass. And then, All right, Bradshaw Camden. And then I don't know how he didn't hear him coming behind him because as Kurt's running, all you can hear is the clicky clack of his metals. He fucking. He, He's chasing them in the backstage area. He runs to the one side of a fucking production uh. doodad. Undertaker runs, well, uh. hobbles after him. <laughs> Even with Thutley, he'd be tearing up fat ass with him. But hobbles down that side and cut. Scurries around the other side and hits him in the knee with that big bad fucking wrench. Uh. A very oh. oversized, comical size wrench. And you hear a clown wrench. Like, Oh, I'm gonna get your ass, boy. Alright, uh, Undertaker gets smacked in the leg and he does a Winston. Ooh, money! Uh, where's my bike? You didn't come in with a big eye, had you? Yes, I did. Anyway, but then we've got what well, I think we're, it's weird that you got a triple main event and yet this a steel cage match is not involved as part of the triple main event, it's just another match. Yeah, like we could have had a quadruple main event. Uh, but that would have been a bit. Then we've got Val Venus defending his Intercontinental Championship against Rikishi and I'll say this right now I don't know maybe Rikishi maybe I can't name a better Rikishi match off the top of my head but honestly I might say this is probably Val Venus's best WF match <laughs> I will say honestly having had and misplaced the best of Raw DVD set uh-huh. having seen this match uh-huh. I skipped through most of it uh-huh. because the only part of this match, because I don't give two fucks what Val Venus does. Uh-huh. The only part of this match I even give two shits about is when Rikishi does the dive, does the dive yeah. and hurts himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying I like that because Rikishi fucking hurts himself. Yeah. That's not good at all. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Rikishi puts so mm-hmm. much into that particular fucking spot, uh-huh. and you can tell he's legit hurt himself the mm-hmm. minute he lands... Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if he's like if he's jarred the arm mm. or 
done something to his wrist, but the way he fell, like he landed like he pancaked Val, basically. He just like he kinda went, Oh he fell him. Jesus as he did Aye, aye, it was one of them. But see him trying to, you know, limit the impact on Val. Uh-huh. You can see when they do the slow-mo that he kinda lands palm uh-huh. like first and it must jar his arm because it looks like the minute he lands it, because like the impact he rolls that. away and he's like, Fuck, fuck, that's bad. Because the impact of that's gonna shoot like up your arm and everything. Aye. He gave his cell a did he? <laughs> like no. <laughs> it does they do kinda of portray the idea that Val's trapped from the world because he tries to immediately escape Rikisi grabs him, he's throwing him off the, the cage and everything. I don't know what he did to happen, but Val got gets like cut open at one point as Aye. well. Which is nice to have a cage and you can get a bit color, but he was cutting away with and I didn't explore anything like I have a feeling that may not have made it happen. I think Val might have accidentally hurt himself there. But you gotta give him props here. Mm-hmm. He he did the classic wrestler thing. He rolled with it. Yes, he rolled with it. Rikishi very on trying to do Considering it was 420,000 odd buys, uh. it's good that he rolled with <laughs> it. You know. Given he's a big, he's a big smoker. Any of those, any of those weed puns, you know. Rikishi <laughs> right. does try to do a stink face, but Val does these low blow to get out of it. And then Rikishi has to do his classic, I need to do all these big flips when I get close, like, poof. Yeah. Which is very good. I'd see a guy his side doing that. They both then try to climb up the cell, but they both uh, fall, and Val takes a tumble. Which is, well, he's not a porn star anymore because, Jesus, he lands right on top of that rope. Yeah. It's, uh, I forget, you know, because yeah. I skipped through this match. I can't, I paid attention but didn't because yeah. I already knew what happened and what the yeah. general make of the match. <laughs> didn't Tits get involved at some point? She does, I think she does try and slam the cage in case she's feeling the classic. Oh, I'm going to escape, but then all oh, the somebody associated oh, with the Oh, no, the they... jugs have came. Oh, no. And then Leah comes out, she basically gets a belt of her own, she starts whipping. Oh, she whips the fuck out that, like, next fucking time you come out here, remember to put your fucking clays on, you skanky bastard. It, 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 it might be more so of the day of Harry when he gets him with the cover. How you like it, huh? You jerk. Aye, aye. How you like it, huh? You jerk. Just like starts swimming. Now you know how it feels. One night, uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a there's a point where where Rikishi wants to get the pin to win it by hitting the bonsai here's, the valve. Here's a belt to hodge your fucking trousers up like you never remember to wear your dirty midden. <laughs> oh. He uses words like fucking midden. Me when <laughs> I've had five halves. <laughs> but the, Val gets his thrown after the bonsai and then yeah we get the spot there with dots but yeah the. The splash off the top, which he does do the Superfly Kevin Ogden because Superfly uh-huh. Which is actually following, it's actually post match, not in the match still, but it was after he challenged for the IC title unsuccessfully against Don Morocco. So yeah. it's find that, that, that Rikishi's doing it in an IC title cage match, but he does it and then slowly tries to crawl out there. And then here comes Taz with a big fuck off camera. Fuck off camera and smacks Rikishi right in the dome. And then tells, like, it's going to be all how that mess of that no good Taz and then he does his block away. Which is then undercut the cool any coolness of it because he gets his fucking foot caught in the, yeah. the microphone cable and he had to cut away and they come back and he's just he's he, he just like throwing it down like fucking get off me get off I've hit this guy I'm annoyed I'm annoyed at this cable I'm annoyed at everything I need to do my dramatic walk away and you're fucking it up fucking cable I'm having a hardcore match with you cable ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
And then Val, you know, did the heel. He's not done anything for it, but he's got the thing where he rolls over. Yeah. Arm on Rikishi. One, two, one, three. two, three. And then we hear his god awful music. His weird dubstep fucking music. Yeah, his weird like shite music. Yeah. Fourteen minutes and ten seconds that goes. And then we get uh, Triple H backstage. And he finds that guy with the flowers. Like, where'd you get those flowers from? Where? No, he goes. Where is he? Yeah. And then Louis, Louis Harvey Whippleman looking guy, he's like, he's over here, he's yeah. here, I'll take you to him. No, like, I'm going to show that Kurt Angle, to so teach him a lesson, and the guy's like, Kurt Angle, and then you hear, Pfft. No, he's like, the guy's like, he's like where is he? Yeah. In there? Yeah. And Triple H's like, okay, you bitch. And he goes in, and then you hear a big guy, ah, oh, ah, ee. And then, you see, not Kurt Angle, uh-huh. but... Chris Jericho uh, walking out of that room with his hair tied back and all the lovely bleachy blondiness hanging down the front and he's like Joy lying on your back, bitch <laughs> And then I do like that the kind of misdirection they're like, ah oh, I'm gonna play on the fact that you're worried about that guy, you know, potentially taking a missus to Aha, surprise, I've got you. <laughs> like Waha Triple H is a fan of Haha, it was always a setup and now this now it is you has been set up. Nyaha <laughs> <laughs> If Jericho had a moustache, you would twirl it. <laughs> Hoisted by your own petard. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get... There were quite a few short matches other than the, like, the triple main event and the, like, the cage match. And I wonder if it's because we had to have this for some reason in the middle. Which is really like, could you not have done this on like Sunday Night Heat? <laughs> Where uh, Shane Kitman comes out with Just Bring Shelly and Daryl Lolly. Shane's got a new shirt. He's got a new catchphrase. Just bring it. I've got. I think I've it's got, one of the rocks catchphrases, King. I've got to say, I'm. I'm sad that we have to talk about this bit. Mm-hmm. I know we have to, but I'm sad we have to give any any particular focus to him. Yeah. That wee fucking diddy. I mean, as I was sitting you pre-recording before we started, I watched this show. I hadn't seen this one. And the only thing I truly, truly, truly hated about the pay-per-view was fucking Shane O'Mac, you know, because the very fact that he's, he's like an irritate, you know, like when you're sitting during the summer and you see maybe irritating fruit flies uh-huh. and you're like, fuck off. Uh-huh. That's Shane. Uh-huh. You're like, fuck off. Go away, you wee prick. Yeah. And when you, as I said to you, when you find out that he's pretty much that guy, in reality, mm-hmm. really a lot much here too. Mm-hmm. Good Christ! So, Omi fires this quickly. He really comes out. He wants to challenge the Rock to a uh, to a match. He's like, "Let's have a little match, you and me, bruh. We're not for the title. That would not be fair to Chris Benoit." Come on, come give this thriller and step in the ring with Shane, the giant killer. And, he, and, and then, the like, Rock comes out, and he's like, he says, "Like, because people are trying to see into physicals." I am not. I want to check, make a challenge. I had the proof. I am not. Not that vulgar word, word. that you call me. <laughs> and, he says that vulgar word, but Lesnar gets bleeped anyway. And then what comes in goes, The Rock knows that this is a setup. So where is Chris Benoit? In the crowd? Under the ring? ring. Suck up your candy. Yes. Either way, The Rock says, Just bring, bring it. it. And then. Uh, the Rock being his charismatic, awesome self as per usual at the time. And then we get the antithesis of. Monotone Chris Benoit up on the tangent. Like, right. Rock. Like, Rock, I know you're not dumb enough to fall for this, but I'll, I'm right here. 
I know you're not down to get disqualified now. That's fine. I can tap you out with the crossfit, or I can just pin you. you. And I know I'm going to strip you of your title tonight. I thought I'd do you a favor and strip you of your overexpensive GQ clothing. clothing. And he proceeds to go into the Rock's fucking wardrobe and yeah. rip all his shit and pour bleach on it and shit. The Rock that takes a while, he looks at his like, that's my shirt. Me, I'll stand here and let him rip off a few more shirts before I decide to get No, like, no, he's not doing that. He's standing there going, well, I'm giving you time. It'd be interesting, yeah. but... You know... Yeah. I think it's a case of, oh, we, we, we fooled The Rock. Now we've ruined his clothes. The Rock's getting the Rock, so angry. The Rock's like, ha, huh, you are so uninteresting. I might have to raise my eyebrows. <laughs> and make the crowd pop, because you're clearly not doing it, you dull fuck. The only thing that pops about Chris Benoit is fucking veins. Yeah. But anyway, we get the first half, the first third, at least, of our triple main event. Our triple main event. I don't know about you, I've heard, I've heard one theory about this and in, in that they were worried about, like, the fact that, like, this case of three established guys, which is three guys who are still fairly new but will be star in the future, was it a case of, like, well, they don't want it. They're not as confident about selling it. Just, well, you, just t- rock. you talking like Kurt Angle, Jericho, Jericho Benoit. Yeah, maybe the idea of like, Rock Benoit wasn't. They didn't. Well, they had enough confidence in itself to sell Baby or any of these other matches on their own. So, like, let's let's do these three matches all together. Three main events and three future main events and build the show around that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that. I no, think I, I get the concept. I think they would have still had a solid buyer either way because, like. I think it's a case of it's the WWF that's selling out more than anything. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just but not... I, I, I get the concept, yeah. you know what I mean? Because obviously, like, <laughs> I mean, having Benoit being the main event match, yeah. obviously at that point already Vince McMahon was probably thinking, now this guy's going to be the guy, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, you know, he's like, oh my God, he's like, he's like Tom Billington. <laughs> that didn't go wrong. Let's right. pick him. <laughs> Pretty much. That's pretty much the thing, yeah. Pretty much like, hey, this compact steroid guy is not going to go nuts. He'll be fine. Let's pick him as a main event guy. Oh. Oh, I did bad. (laughs) But no, like, last night. We're currently like, we think of Benoit. Like, we're thinking like let's build shit around this guy. He's like phenomenal in ring. He has no personality, but his skill makes up for it. <laughs> you know, I think that is what Vince was thinking. Like, yeah, he's muscular. He can wrestle like Bret Hart. He doesn't bitch like Bret Hart, which is fantabulous. It's like we need we need three guys, me and Vitters, and then we got we need three guys to go up against have ability and charisma. We have Angle who has ability and charisma. We have Jericho who has ability and charisma. We have Benoit who has ability and muscles. Yeah, it's ability. All right, two out of three won't. Two out of three is not that bad. His ability has muscles. What? Dean Malenko has more personality. No, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> anyway, well, let's get to Undertaker and Kurt Angle. That's what we're here to actually talk about. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, Undertaker and Kurt Angle. So yeah. Kurt comes out. After, 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 the, after they had the really fun video package, which, which is why I always remember the line that it's the kids are saying today, my bad. That's <laughs> yeah. the kids are saying today, my, my bad. bad. He's like, I am, I am so sorry about your motorcycle, <laughs> but I think I got you a great replacement. He's got his wee moped. His wee moped. 
and take care. I'm gonna kick, 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 I'm gonna kick your teeth so down, off down your throat. You can chill out your own ass for pissing me off. <laughs> I love that line. And then all of the crowd goes back to being scary as pyro. Then Taker comes in. He's like, I'm not even waiting for him. I'm coming to get you. Yeah, oh, you're like, 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 you don't look that intimidating coming out on your bike to that music, man. Then I go. Guys, he the range, but Taker is avoiding it. There's a beef thing through the crowd, then Taker's pulling back, and I've heard I'm, a lot of people. I did not like the thrill clouds crowd segment. It didn't seem so good. I've heard a lot of people talk very negatively about this match. Oh, Jesus, help me! I don't know how to hold the necklace. I'm holding the necklace. There. There you go. Thank you. I've heard a lot of people talk quite negatively actually about this match in terms of like the fact that you know. It's like maybe one of the three main events. Angle is a month removed from winning King of the Ring, and Taker is clearly, like we've joked about before, not, shape. Not, you know, in the mood for selling for a lot of people. And so, and also, Taker, two big first big spots, big boot elbow drop, goes for a pin. No, not pull you off. Then yeah. you suplex. So it's like three but, fucking times he did that. But like the fact that you always you do that after like you do a, a signature move, like, now nah, you're not done. I'm like, flip more time. He's like, are you made to believe that? Angle wouldn't have kicked out of a suplex from the Undertaker three minutes in. Yeah, and without I had the Undertaker not pulled him up. Say, I, f- I must criticize this match. Yeah, just a tad because I feel like we done Angle wrong in this match. Mm-hmm. I would agree because at this point mm-hmm. Angle had been being pushed proper. Like like this is a guy. This is a guy for the future. Mm-hmm. And then you put him in a match against a disinterested, out of shape mm-hmm. Undertaker, and. Do your, my personal viewpoint, do your best to make him look shit. Yeah. And ultimately, he came out looking better because Undertaker just looked bored and pissed off. Mm-hmm. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I, mean, I honestly think in this time period, especially with his program, I know it wasn't a long program. Yeah. But the program with The Undertaker in this time period was kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly The Undertaker's fault. Like, because I'm, I'm sorry to keep no, cutting no. in, right? But. Cart at the time, like, Cart, when he didn't have his physical issues as bad as he did, mm. you know, it was it was funny, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he was great in ring, it really should, and I, I never really like to be negative towards Undertaker, because, you know, Undertaker's a legend, uh-huh. but at this particular time period, I think he was a detriment to Cart. Oh, yeah, like, I don't like to use the word like burial like a lot because I think well, it's that's good. what they were attempting if it wasn't for like, his personality like, like I don't think I think that word gets thrown everyone but like this is almost as close to it as you can get like, I don't think it was intentional because like I think it's a case of I think in their minds they're thinking oh it's, it's fine Kirk can get his ass but you know as he's come up and for pissing on Undertaker because he's lucky enough to have this other story like with Triple H is going to really heat up as we get in the summer slam yeah yeah because if he didn't have that he'd have fucking nothing Oh yeah. Well, if he see if he didn't have that particular storyline on top of yeah. less nonsense, <laughs> I think that would have really hurt his career. Yeah. Like well, within the dub anyway. Yeah. Like going from like King of the Ring winner and then back to this, he does get like it's not it's not as if he's completely one seed because then you go outside, he gets that bloody wrench again. Yeah, you get that like, big clown wrench. And he's like, "Fuck you, buddy." <laughs> he gets taken in the mat with the working leg, the legs and everything, and the you know King and Gr just goes, "No, you know." Yeah, everyone's the same size when they're on the ground, yeah. And then you got Tigger tries to swat it, uh, and one eventually fights his way out. But it's, it's over very quickly. This, compared to the other two matches, have like, they're 20 odd minutes each. This match was seven minutes, yeah, seven and a half yeah. minutes. Seven, over... Wikipedia said five. Well, I think it's actually seven I've, I've done there. 
Remember, remember, a lot of people call Wikipedia Wrongopedia. Yeah. So, like, just over <laughs> seven minutes, like, still shockingly short. Choke slam, last ride, Angle loses to The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Who, who's not even wearing proper ring He's got, like, jeans and a shitty looking yeah, vest. He's, he's, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know everyone, right? And for all Undertaker fans, mm-hmm. I'm an Undertaker fan, so bear in mind, bear that in mind when I yeah. say this, you know what I mean? But. Undertaker at this particular time period, I was not impressed. I was I was less than impressed. Like, you know? like Undertaker as a biker, I like him when he goes from like post invasion where he goes uh, like shorter hair, respect me, big evil taker. Uh, big evil take like Aye. big e- like biker taker that fought against Flair. Yeah, at WrestleMania. Aye, the guy who had, became the Space Jam had that ladder match with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, a lot taker. Yeah, that's... big evil when he's actually looking like he's putting some fucking effort in again. Lot taker's fine, but that weird sort of transitional, just after the ministry yeah. taker. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. Nah, that's it's taker, isn't it? Lot taker. No one needs to be in a program with that. No one needs to watch that because yeah. it's it's dull and quite frankly quite painful yeah. to watch because a lot of the time in this time period you're watching Undertaker matches you you kind of think when is the next match coming <laughs> you know like we get it he's big he's lumbering about he's doing a kick mm-hmm. I mean even the last ride he gave Angle Aye. looked kind of weak mm-hmm. you know yeah out of the three main events that we have here the longest one the one that goes the longest is the one that involves Triple H it was the lack of gas at that statement. <laughs> but he Triple H loves a long match, so he does. No. And we have that match here, we have the, the very page. Jerry comes out with his taped up ribs, which Triple H takes great delight in ripping off and working over. Well, event eventually. Yeah. Eventually. He does he does leave it for a, a wee while, huh? Yeah. Jericho does like do the big drop kick off the apron and start off the match and then Rolls Jerry's back in with it, definitely gets involved. There's a distraction which gives Triple H an advantage. Something I liked about this match, which, you know, given that we've had a, a, a last women's standing match fairly recently, uh, I was talking to my brother about this when I was watching, and I said to him, like, my issue with modern day last man standing matches, I think it's to an extent I feel the same way about I quit matches yeah. nowadays, and is that they go too early for the situation, like, Far too early in modern I quit matches, they do like the littlest transitional move. The referee asks if they want I quit, or they do like a backdrop or a suplex and a laugh at that match. The referee then then they get told, oh, referee count it, or the ref starts counting. Like, no, you wait. I think you shouldn't be allowed to do either in either match until at least five minutes in. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I always think when I quit matches or last person standing matches or whatever, mm-hmm. it's always a case of like, oh, we're down. Let's count them right away. Aye. No, let 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 it build a little. You know yeah. what I mean? Let a little bit build. Because if you go too early, then you fuck up the flow of the entire match. Because like they don't even do the first count in this match for a good few minutes. And like I think it's around at the time they do that suplex spot up on the ramp. That's when uh, that's when they start the count. I think it's one of the first ones. Yeah. Which I think is a, a, a understandable time to do the count. <laughs> And then Triple H kind of does a, no, he's cerebral, so he tries to work over Jericho by just, you know, getting down, choking oh, him out, choking the life and the air out of him with the with the ribs. Is he not indeed the cerebral assassin? I, I know, that was very much intended. He, oh, good. Good, good. One of the funniest things, I heard somebody joke about, uh, I think it was on Call of Duty, went like, I used to love Triple H, but I didn't realise why they called him the cerebral assassin. Why did you think he was called that? I thought it's because he thinks more. <laughs> That's just silly. But then again, he was talking about it like when he was a child. But so, uh, 
I remember when Triple H has been a big guy when NXT and NXT UK. There was a group of guys, uh, you know, Butch's, Butch when he was beat down, him, him and very strong style and progress, they made a big thing. Their gimmick was, oh, we're, we're, we're in with Triple H, we've got these WE contracts. And yeah. They'd use that gimmick on the news and at progress show, Trent Seven, pretending to take a phone call from Triple H and he sings up going, all right, mate, see you later. Stay cerebral. <laughs> Stay cerebral. <laughs> but yeah. Isn't that isn't that uh, a thing in X Men? Mm. Cerebro. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, I know. I know shit. <laughs> I know things. I know things. Yeah. Well, like the point of all the things were like Triple H. Merry like, Christmas. Thank you. Have a hair tie, even though you don't have hair to tie. <laughs> you have short hair. Leave me alone. Uh, hey, people, he, he is not a bald man. He is just a short-haired man. Like there are points where. Like Triple H went out of the because he thinks he's going to get up so like fuck it I'll just beat him up some more and then Jericho does finally come back that chair gets slid in the ring and he cracks Triple H with that chair and yeah. Triple H does his other favourite thing his second favourite thing behind a long match bleeding bleeding in a long match when he gets to put the two together oh he's like a kid on Christmas which is really H. funny when you consider like nowadays Triple H is saying no nah, we don't need blood we just need storyline and yeah. action and awesome we do not need blood to make it awesome mm. And you're thinking, really? Haven't you matured? Yes. <laughs> He's all about not wasting time with overly long promos, even though he he himself was a big perpetrator for doing overly long promos that never needed to be as long as they were. I just, I think it's funny. You think to yourself, like, when you're watching this pay-per-view and you're like, I wonder if he knew then what his plans were. I think, you, I think, you, I think him not, them not allowing, I think not allowing the current people to do his thing, like, you know, learn from me. Don't bleed as much. This don't don't bleed. It makes you drowsy. I mean, I do love when he used to bleed the thing. Like it would always burn down his face. It gets all up in his hair and everything. Mm. You know he's doing it like obviously he's trying to do his best. You know, Ric Flair. Oh come on, Ric Flair's his boy. Aye. I don't know if we're still mm-hmm. boys. I've yeah. heard I've heard different opinions. Yeah. You know, I've heard Ric Flair go, "Well, you don't talk to me no more." He would have pricked him probably. And Triple H never. You know, Triple H does the thing that most people are supposed to do. He says nothing. Yeah, but, you know, to be fair, fuck Ric Flair to be fair, cause, like going into his last match, which I still haven't watched because I refused to, he was, he was like, oh, this match is going to be so good. It's going to be way better than that. That send-off the WWE gave me, like, what, the match You're against Sean? Yeah, ungrateful motherfucker. Was I right to say that? Like? Yes. Ungrateful motherfucker. You get to go out at fucking WrestleMania yeah. against one of the fucking greatest yeah. in ring performer. I mean, it's not his fault he's a Jesus freak. One of the greatest <laughs> in ring performers in the fucking business, in history. You ungrateful old fucking. Aye. Dick. Aye. Aye. Fuck him. Like, Rick like- Flair. The prick. You know what I did one time? I said, I, I, did, I did this. I said, I only 40% believe it. I was trying. I was doing a debate show. Well, kind of a debate still show for ASR called as a Mount Rushmore show, and we're doing a Mount Rushmore of. Uh, <laughs> Are you a master debater? We do have a show called Master Debaters on Rogue Opinions. Go. <laughs> <laughs> get you on that show. Hell yeah! But uh, we had we were doing a Mount Rushmore show. And we we're arguing different uh, factions to go and well, no, we were arguing heels, right? Yeah. But then we got talking about factions because Callum. Who I just basically I realized I could easily annoy, so I started to try and wind him up. Were you were you were you poking the bear? Yeah, because like he uh, was trying to put Ric Flair, and I was putting Triple H. I said Triple H, 
And then I saved this demon, which really wound up. I, I said it because I knew it wound up. I went, what did you tell him? I said, I, I said afterwards, I only 40% believe this. I went, I'm saying it now. I said, evolution is a better is a better version of the four, horse, four horsemen. And, it is. And it really wound him fucking up. Did he get pissy? Mm. Well... I was like, I was like this. I was like, I had about I put through my hook out. And I'm just well. Let's let's be honest, right? Let's be honest here. Who are the original <laughs> four horsemen? Flair, Arn, Tully, Oli, Oli. Oh, so Anderson's Tully and Flair. Yeah, and then I think the second version, which is also one of the more well-known ones, is replacing Oli with uh, I think Barry Windham. Barry Windham. I think it's Windham. It's the guy who comes in. Barry Windham, who is Bray's uncle, I uncle. see, yeah. Was Barry Windham a stalker? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's his uncle. Mm-hmm. That's the one they're rumouring it might be Uncle Howdy. Yeah, that's, well, you look at the mask, a lot of people say it looks like him. Yeah, well, uh, I've seen comparisons to, like, Barry Windham when he was, you know, active. Uh-huh. But then again, that whole Uncle Howdy thing's been really, really cryptic at the minute because I've heard people say it might be fucking Irwin. <laughs> You know, IRS. Uh, uh, and that would be cool as fuck. I saw a funny tweet earlier and it said, uh, why no? Why did no one think to put Taker and IRS together as a tag team and call them Death and Taxes? That would have been cool as fuck. That's, that would be in the catchphrase, that would be in the catchphrase where there's the most inevitable thing in life. Death and Taxes. You know what? You know what the, the fucking the biker taker? They go, ding, yeah. dead man walking. Uh. Ding, pay your taxes. <laughs> you done it now. Didn't come out more bike. Didn't make your last return. <laughs> IRS can be in a wee sidecar, and he's more about going through tax receipts on his wee and his wee sidecar. And he's and he's wee business Sinclair C five. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to Triple H and Jericho, they do a fun like double spot where they both grab a monitor and hit each other with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fucking, I love that spot because I think, I think Jericho caught Triple H worse <laughs> than he caught him because I think by this point Triple H was suffering that classic thing, <laughs> you know, blood blindness. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, Jericho was messed up during this match, but Triple H was. I mean, at this point, you knew fine well he was he, he idolised old Rick because he was bleeding like old slick Rick. You yeah. know? Yeah. And then, the, the funny story, it always surprises me that this is the funny thing. They do the back, the backdrop off kind of King Keeper's table through the announce table. Mm. And when you see the replay, it does look like they make out that Jericho kind of hits the concrete as he goes down. Yeah. And so they're both kind of laid out there. But Triple H gets up at nine... Ten, and as soon as they call the bell, Triple H just collapses again. Mm. So he just barely gets up. Triple H wins the last man standing to, match. I have to ask in your own opinion, yeah. right? Do you believe, because I believe, do you believe it learned a lot much? Because I know uh, Mr. Levesque, Mr. Triple H, uh-huh. I know especially in that time period he put every goddamn ounce of himself into yeah. a match. Do you believe, like I believe, like he was genuinely fucking... Fatigued as fuck by the end of that match. I mean, he bled a lot, he'd worked Probably. a lot. I think he was genuinely, thank fuck the bell rang. Uh, you know, getting the AMTs <clears throat> and that to help him with the back walk. He walked, but he, he needed some help doing that, you know. I think so. I think he was like um, Sean after the first hell in a cell. Uh, you know, when, when Triple H and China were walking him to the back, and I yeah. mean walking him because his feet were dragging. Uh, yeah. But then we got our main event of the evening. I'm I'm sorry, and do you know um 
during that Hell in a Cell. I watched a YouTube on this. That was one of the famous receipts. Mm. Well, it was given to Sean by Taker uh-huh. because of because of SummerSlam '97 uh-huh. when Sean fucking twatted him with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. Sean knew the minute he'd done it, he'd done it a wee bit too severe. Uh-huh. And the under, you know, from what you've heard in wrestling, Undertaker by these time receipts back when, uh-huh. and. You know that spot during the, the, the Hell in a Cell where Sean took a full-on straight yeah. fucking, like, when he was already bleeding like a bitch and he took a full-on straight head shot with the chair? Mm-hmm. That was the Undertaker's receipt. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, you got this coming, man. And, there were, and I'm sure there are a few people who hated Sean back days or were patting Taker on the back as he came back uh, through the curtain. I bet Brett was having a chunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know he wasn't at backstage at the time. He was, he was busy having his second wind as a wrestler in WCW. No, no, he hadn't left yet at that point. Oh, did he not left at that no, point? No, I know, because Sean wins and oh, yeah, everybody yeah. goes to the virus. Then he goes off. Oh, yeah, so Brett was definitely having a wank when He's like, oh, yeah, Sean's hurt. Yay. Anyway. Bitch, ass motherfucking crybaby. Let's talk about the main event now, finally. We've been here for... Finally. Go- yes. The Rock has come back. To main event. <laughs> did you like that one? I did. I like that one. Then comes out wearing one of Rock's torn up shirts while Shane, I assume, is wearing a stolen pair of Rock's sunglasses as they, as they come out. Shane's wearing a stolen pair of balls. Because <laughs> he has none of his own. Little cunt. Uh, Shane goes to distract the Rob. Rock that fails with the Rock starts laying into Benoit. Chases a bit. Uh, chases. A little bit He chases Shane around the ring. Shane tries to roll in the ring. Which speaks you think Benoit's going to happen. No, Rock knocks down Benoit, then goes and chases Shane again. Yeah. And there's the point where he gets where Shane gets on the apron, Rock grabs Benoit's legs, catapults Benoit, knocking Shane off the apron. Is there, is there any piece of you at all that ever liked Shane? Ever? Briefly. When? Do tell me, because I think I might have been sleeping then. <laughs> I liked him when he first came back when he was running things, and then we met 2017 odds for on, 17 onwards. I'm like, okay, I'm a bit done with you in the now. Ah, you're still a cunt. No. You're just an old fat cunt now. Yeah. You're like weird sweaty man. I know, with with your faggy dancing and your your Oh look, I hit you, I hit you. I'm like a fat old scrappy doo. Yeah. Let me at him, let me at him Anyway. Yeah, then when the rock when Benoit takes mm. control there's all sorts of when Benoit takes control there's all sorts of cheating, you know, Shane gets a cheap show, uh, he distracts the to allow Benoit to smack the rock with a yeah. the table. One thing I didn't like about the last insane match is when Triple H does bleed, it leaves a big dirty marks all over the canvas. Do you know, I have to say about that though, I don't know, because I, I, if you know the term, let me yeah. know. You know that thing where you see faces in the most mundane things, there's a terminology yeah. for it. I have that. Uh-huh. I swear to Christ, it looked like a smiley face to me. <laughs> <laughs> smiley, bloody smileyness. <laughs> like, yay, we had bloody violence. Yay. Uh, Rock gets locked in the sharpshooter, which Jerry Lord goes, I know firsthand how that feels. Also, referencing back to when he was in a feud with Brett. Back to when he was in a ring. Yeah. When oh. Tommy was CC, he remembers also when he, he dropped that, that throne on Brett a bit too hard on his back, and so Brett locks in that sharpshooter a bit too long. Yeah. Which yeah. apparently some people thanked him for because he used to work in Lawless territory, and apparently he was a bit of a, a cheapskate with the old payoffs. Yeah. 
But always was, was he a bit of a Jerry Jarrett type? Yeah, I think he and Jerry had a kind of similar like MO. Yeah. A similar MO. When you're looking for lore, just a similar MO. That works yeah. just as well, man. And then we find that the real plan all along, like they were get were they gonna try and look angular rock to get him DQ'd? Or now like, no, we're gonna just frame you. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna frame you, make you look like a cunt. They're going they're going all in at it, like you say, like there's some really good yeah. back and forth during the match. Yeah, I think it's I think Rock Ben will have actually better chemistry than anyone would have would have thought at the time. Yeah. Was it before the restart or after that Benoit had done his headbutt? Before. Before, yeah, because I remember that spot during the match and I thought, there's another head knock. <laughs> also surprising, that was one of his finishes. I think it would become more of a finisher later on because I think all the emphasis on the crossword, but it was, it was still surprising to see the rock just how frequently kick out of that. Yeah, what, did what you know this as well? Um, and that's... Like, I don't want to go negatory yeah. or dark here or anything, but did you notice, like, as opposed to some of Benoit's later flying headbutts, it did. Mm-hmm. And you know they connected. Yeah. Did you notice this uh, flying headbutt did not connect with the head? No. Connected with the... Mm. It was more a shoulder, yeah. tor- like, chest kind of thing. Yeah, I did notice It that. connected. Yeah. There is no doubt it connected because, you know... Well, as I said, his brain was cheese. Well, I was interested about this move, but I just know it's the dying head by now from who it referred to. But I yeah. didn't know that temporarily for a wee while had like a an, an actual name. I think it was briefly called Air Canada. Air Canada. <laughs> that was the name of the movie. I will say, like, see the distance he got on that one mm-hmm. and height. Like, as much as it was detrimental to him in later life, I mean, the the torque he got on that move at times was just phenomenal. You know what I mean, like. I didn't think, like, where The Rock was in the ring, I thought, well, he's, he's not going to get that, but, my God, the man could leap, mm-hmm. you know, and as as bad as everything ultimately ended up for him, I mean, the guy could work, yeah. you know, the guy could fucking work something chronic, and, the, like, I, I thought he was a prick in this match, I wouldn't have fucking pissed on Shane if he was on fire, I'd despise that wee freak, but, what a match. You know what I mean? Like, I did, I have not and did not see a lot of Rock and Benoit. Mm-hmm. But you know when you see guys and you think, Lee guys can work together, Lee guys can put on a hell of a fucking match. Lee put on a hell of a match between the two of them. There's not a lot in it, but what Lee did was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really, it was hard hitting. You were watching it, you were like, oh my God, Benoit's got him. Oh no, the Rock's got him. Oh fucking, there's that wee prick getting involved again. You know, it was a great match. It was a great main event. Yeah, so Shane comes in, he hits the, the referee from behind with a chair. He mm. takes another one in for the Rock pick up. Because then the Rock picks up and hits uh, Benoit and Shane. Yeah, he hits it. Benoit and Shane just as the referee, conveniently just as Errol Hebner. Oh, you Errol Hebner. He dro- Rock drops the chair and the referee sees, like, he had a chair, someone hit me with a chair. You must hit me well, with a chair. Well, you didn't see that other chair that was lying in the ring too, no. no but then Rock... That. Grabs Benoit, locks him in the cross face, which, by the way, earlier when Benoit had it, like, I was joking about LRB's vein, like, it was fucking, they were trying to break through his fucking skin, they were trying to escape. Yeah, but, do you know, I must say, The Rock does a better cross face than he does a sharpshooter. Which is probably what Benoit was doing all the time, he said, this is how you do a fucking sharpshooter, you death. Aye, but no, that cross face was on good, man, he was pulling his fucking nostrils back. And then, the referee goes, well, you assume, like, and JR's like, The Rock's done it. Like Benoit's dead, I think because Benoit, I think you do see him type of, but I don't think the referee's looking at that. You see him, but like the minute, like I've got, remember I told you like this match made me a bit shotty? Uh. 
I'd never seen it. I newly finish. Aye. But I'm watching it, and I see the ref talking to the think, and I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> what's, the, what's the carry on? <laughs> and then I hear, and the winner of this match, as a result of a disqualification, <laughs> and you, and the minute I heard that, I, I was like, what? <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> and then fucking I love that Brock thinks he's won but like even then he won't let go it's only when he says I knew and the world lights go like you fucking what? Uh, were you saying even when you knew like, what? and then fucking you see him walk up the ramp with the title you think this motherfucker so people fucking... are throwing balls in that at the Aye. ring and then you're like you motherfucker <laughs> you dirty fucking winning your title with that skeezy wee rat look motherfucker Bastard. And, then, uh, and then you hear mixed music come on, you're like, ah, Mick's gonna sort this piss. I said it could change hands on a disqualification, but I didn't, didn't see, see it. A, I didn't see a disqualification. No, sir. The people of Dallas did not see a disqualification. disqualification. So I, as a commissioner of the WWF, order this match to continue. And the rocks, I love the fucking image. Oh, because Rock gets does because I thought Rock's got color. Yeah, Rock's got He's got the blood round, and he's not. He just looks intent to Ben one. He's like, just bring it, and you're like, fucking yes, man. Kill him, the Rock. Guns back, uh, but it's very short. There's a, there's another cup gets to the ring. So the Rock is backdropped on the fucking cup, so mm. it makes a weird turn. Ben one. Very similar to how he lost to Randy Orton, tries to get his crossfit in, only to get caught with a finisher from out of nowhere. Rock yeah. catches him with a rock bottom, very sudden, one, two, three. Jamie Mann's just there and shot Is like... Is that how it was when Ben Wallet lost his title? Aye, to Orton, right, because Orton, he tries to get him doing a crossfit, Orton flips around him. RKO. Orton is a god at that. I think, actually, JR, I think, I think it's the first time you actually ever hear that uses the phrase RKO from out of nowhere. RKO from out of Oh, by God! <laughs> but then, so the rock That's my, my JR impression. And then, that's oh, alright. Uh, <laughs> and then Shane's just like, you hear him mouth words, how? <laughs> like, how the hell did this happen? Like, we had this perfect plan. Shane on that. Why? Why? It, it was so perfect. I had the ref of the chair and everything. So then the heels, you know, go with their heads between their le- t- their head between their tails, whatever. Tail between the legs. What tail the fuck? between the legs. Aye, fucking whatever. Tate, tail, everything up that ass. Aye. <laughs> everything up them. Fuck them. They're all exposing <laughs> the belt. And you like, what's weird, it's very rare, is that like you usually get the next installment of whatever the thing is you're watching as it's just immediately suggested mm. on the ever. Nothing comes up at the end of this. No, it's, like, no, it's, the final, it's the final ever fully loaded. <laughs> But you think it would be like when they do... That's so- why the network does that, like, there's an email. Hey. I set email. It is over. No more. No more. <laughs> so the rock poses... We are no longer the pay-per-view that says fully loaded. <laughs> we are now the pay-per-view that says... Invasion. <laughs> and For that- one pay-per-view. And then vengeance. <laughs> one that looks nice. And not too expensive. We are now the pay-per-view that says... Invasion. <laughs> Vengeance. Anyway. Are you yelling invasion to that poor woman? No. <laughs> no, it's knee. Knee. Mm. Mm. No. <laughs> anyway. That is fully loaded 2000, Paul. I think before we this gets any more hands. So I think before this gets any more crazy... But I don't know where you would say, I would say 
Full on thumbs up. I really enjoyed this pay per view. One thumb or two of them. What do you? What no, you I'd say a, a definite. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, it's, it it doesn't. I I don't know like how many people would maybe give less than double thumbs up and say, "My God, that was phenomenal." Mm-hmm. I I have a feeling like if you're a particular fan of one of the other people that are on it, then you may say that and like, "Oh, it was a great pay per view." Like that was a great showing from them. But no, I give less just. Because I've I've nothing invested really in any of the performers on it myself, but I thought all matches mm-hmm. were solid, you know, and I do think if I'm being completely non biased, I think Trish does get better, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I I know this may sound a little picky and pernicky, yeah. but I do think she does ultimately get better when you know she's allowed to you know wear wrestling gear as mm-hmm. opposed to just walking around in her fucking undies you know mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I'll be honest you know I think I, I dislike the idea of early Trish more yeah. than I dislike Trish uh-huh. because I know fine well and I haven't seen them yeah. but I know Trish and Lita had some phenomenal goddamn matches I know and they were one of the first if I'm right correct me if I'm wrong but aren't they one of the first Women matches that actually had some proper colour. I think so. You know, I think I think it was Lita that took the colour, but I think I think they do an angle where like Lita been carefully breaks Trish's nose, and so Lita, Trish is all bloody like. Oh, so not in reality, like Shayna did to Natalia recently. Yeah, who <laughs> broke her face, mm. but but like I say, I know Trish eventually gets better, and I do you know I'll be that's my main bug about. I don't ever blame Trish because yeah. I know she can go I know she has talent uh-huh. I'm, I mean I should never criticise Trish again my uh-huh. criticism should be with the dirty old fucking uh-huh. pervert that made her go out like that uh-huh. you know what I mean because you know she did well Leah did well I think TNA could have been a better team mm-hmm. you know because I think Tess and Albert were good as a team uh-huh. that's my only real criticism overall from yeah. this pay-per-view is that if you were going somewhere with the teams afterwards, yeah, I would have pushed TNA. Mm-hmm. I would have because I think Test was good in ring. I thought A Train was brutal in ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, cool. He got to tag with Scotty, which was cool. And he got to do the Baldo bomb. <laughs> he was the hip hop hippo. <laughs> he was the hip hop hippo, but you know what? He was cool. <laughs> you know, and. Yeah, I do, I do favour Victoria. I think yeah, she was yeah. my, my, my gal, you know what I mean? She was cool and psychotic and violent and had her little pink short wearing Steve. <laughs> hey, that's where Stevie got his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> he got them off Trish from Philly Loaded. <laughs> but no, like, the whole pay-per-view overall was just mm. choice. I, I yeah. thought it was a great pay-per-view. My only negatory match, like I say... Mm was the Undertaker-Kurt match, and it wasn't Kurt's fault. That was disinterested, out-of-shape fat man's <laughs> fault. Yeah, I, I, I thought I gave a solid thumbs up as well. I feel like a therapist when you're talking all this stuff about Trish, like, well, I feel like we've made some great progress here today. <laughs> but no, like, where is where is your, like, if you had to pick a negative yourself from the pay-per-view, where would you... Well, well, I didn't like that match, and I'll be honest with you, I really didn't think all the, the, the avoiding of the... Like I knew they were gonna find a way to get out of it and like keep the belts, but I thought you could have given at least a bit more time to Edge and Christian the acolytes. You could have done. You could have made the acolytes look a little fucking better. You know what I mean? Because I think 
often thought in that era, accolades were often hard done by, you know what I mean? I thought they were a fucking solid team. I mean, Farouk was a beast, mm-hmm. and so was fucking Bradshaw, you know what I mean? The two of them, there was nothing in their makeup as a team that said, no, they can't be champs for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think, I don't think I'll bother with the recommendations, because really, other than, like I said, the tag title match and the Undertaker one, you basically could recommend these people to watch like, everything else, so... Well, if you're if you're wanting recommendations, mm-hmm. I would have to say, for me personally, mm-hmm. recommendations. I would have to say out of the semi main event uh-huh. or the main event. I'd, yeah. In fact, if I was pushed, I'd say the semi main event, yeah. Jericho Triple H. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic match. Yeah, a lot of color, a lot of passion, mm-hmm. a lot of good spots. You know what I mean? I mean the Rock. The Rock Benoit match was fantastic, but I was a little bit, little more invested in Triple H and Jericho. Yeah. Uh, I'd also maybe to try and beat a view. I'll say the main event or the the cage match. Oh just, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. see the visual of Rikishi flying off the top. Oh no! Did do you think he looked nervous before he jumped? A little bit. I think he, he did. He did look like I'm, go, I'm going. Only, for it. I'm going for it. Because like Val's in the middle, so he has to only give and then rely on his balance. Thank for where guy is. And I'm standing up for that yeah. for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> but it's a little, it's a little, the little trepidation, the little nudge along a bit, nudge along a bit. Well, because of his balance, nudge along a bit, and he's like, "All right, I'm right in front of him," and you see the camera close up yeah. and Rikishi's face where he looks up and he's like, "All right, I'm going for it," and he just goes, "All right, here I go, down I go," and you're like, "Ah, oh, no." Because you think if he's up, even a wee bit off his balance, then basically his side, he's fucking gone out. He's what is he like? Four hundred plus? Close enough. Yeah, he a big horse. He a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big boy. He a big boy. That's what he does. He delete Mister Burns. I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair, very fair. And I think at that point we must uh, we must bid you adieu on this fully loaded review. I, I will I will bow. I will do a triple H. I will bid you adieu. Remember to follow Rogue Pains at Rogue Underscore Pains. Follow Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SPR. You better find Rogue Pains and Scott and Paul on its own feed uh, on all good Android podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'll, I'll do it. Find us. We're good too. Yeah. Our, Hurrah! Our goal, uh, my goal personally, is to get the next few, like the next like month or so worth of uh, I recorded fairly quick, so we can basically through the end of November, <laughs> December, do the build to SummerSlam, come back in the new year, first episode of the new year, be SummerSlam, Hell yeah. TLC, the very first TLC, the gonna... very first. That is a bitchin', bitchin' yeah. pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> I mean everyone always remembers the TLC, but it, the pay per view itself. Yeah. Top quality. A people where you can truly say, even though it's probably dead long ago at this point, DX for 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 this time it finally fucking dies at this show. Finally, I just like it's done, it's finished. Let and, it. And Let then it. many 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 moons later, Crown Jewel happens. But, the, but then like Expo would still go around the DX gear and do the gimmick, which led into the Expo key. People would grab like Xbox DX is over. Live in the now. <laughs> Put the one, two, three back on. <laughs> Nobody one, wants to two, three. Nobody wants to see you in X Factor. Not the game shield of action. I'd love to have seen him in X Factor. That would be funny, man. I'd love to have seen him on Wipeout with Richard Hammond. 
Imagine him jumping over the big boys. <laughs> he could have Bronco Buster do all them and be like, Huzzah, I rule! <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this review. And thank you for having me on it yet again. Well, you're my co-host, of course I've got to have you here. I know, but I like to be appreciative. <laughs> There's a lot of good content coming from Rogue Pains from us, the other members of the team, and also... Scott and Paul's Rampage has some good stuff planned for the end of the year. How you like that? <laughs> Recently celebrated five years of Scott No, five on. years putting up with this dick. <laughs> you talking to me or you? Oh, I'm talking to you, you dick. Oh. Fuck you. I'm kidding. But Paul, as we round out this fantabulous pay-per-view edition of Rogue Rage what whose theme song should we play out with? The games. Okay. The game's theme music because it's awesome. I was going to say it's a joke we should do hard times because you were singing earlier, but if you want the game, then there we go. Do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, go over hard times because, you know, Bossman didn't get his props in this pay-per-view. He got to card some dickhead in the shitty bar that apparently had shitty food. I, I, have, I have a weird feeling that we may not see much of Bossman as we may not get the chance to do this again, so let's... Okay, we will go out with hard times. Yeah. If you ever take a trip...